Oh, God. What? Yeah, we could use that anyway. It was just off. No, that sounded fine to me. Yeah, it sounded fine to me, too. Boo. You know what? Stop sticking up for each other. Stick up for me once. That sounded fine to me. Sounded fine to me, too. Sounded fine to me, too. What's this all about? A boot. What's this all about? A boot. A boot. A boot. Why don't we go out and do something, huh? Eh? And welcome to episode 106 of the TryGames.net podcast, and we're done for the week. Thanks. Bye. Go away. Go home. I, I don't want to listen yeah. to you. Well, wait. That's you listening to me, so never mind. I'm here with the usual host of ladies. Uh, this is Mr. Chupon slash Austin, editor-in-chief of sorts of the site. And um, I'm here with people, very strange people, uh, mostly female. Al. I'm not a female. Tony. Wow. You are gender confused. That's what you are. And we have our special guest, Ronald Burgess, who uh, is here to talk to us about uh, his experience in where? Um, my experience in public relations for video games. And I'm not a female, but I am a lesbian. Ah, that is nice. Okay, that, that's kind of weird, but I, I, could, I could roll with that. Uh, what, what's the <laughs> name of your firm now? My name, the name of the firm is 47 Communications. 47 Communications. By the all way, spelled I, in, all spelled in lowercase like the E.E. E. Cummings style. But oh, okay. But I didn't Okay, I, and I've known this man, I mean woman, since uh, high school, <laughs> so I have, to, uh, I have to out him on something. Let me ask you, why did you believe John oh, Flynn when boy. he told you that you had to jump oh, into Idol's boy. mouth to unlock a secret hey, character in Killer go. Instinct? Dude, I don't even think I believed it. It was kind of like a reflex that looked like I was kind of following his instructions, and it just didn't end. Well. I got you. Well. I got you on this one. We were on the subway going back home, and you're like, and you're like, yo, have you unlocked a secret character yet? And I'm like, what secret character? And you said John told me I had to jump in his mouth, and I was like, he's lying. He's like, no, no, no. He, it's it's real. He tried to do it, but he couldn't get it done. Anyway, he now knows better as he is now working for PR, so he knows his games now. But that's that's a fun little story to bring up. <laughs> Yo, you really it's didn't have to disgrace my, <laughs> disgrace my, my, my gaming, my gaming profile like that. Hey, hey, you said you got, all, you said you got all the stars in, in, in Galaxy. That should more than make up I for did. it. That should that make, I did. That should more than make up for it. So. And you know, it's funny. That was like a huge deal among like all the people that I met. They're not gamers. Board. Yeah, really. Not gamers. But, <laughs> I'm nah, going to make sure they hear that. that and they'll, they'll fire you. <laughs> What'd you call me? I get on my boss about that every day, but I don't think the true test of a gamer is, you know, who got the most in the most recent It's, it's who Mario found the game. secret character in fighting games. Exactly. Like yeah, Killer Instinct. I think, I think jumping in the idol's mouth, if you've done that before your life is over, you can call yourself some kind of gamer. Like a horrible gamer, but <laughs> gaming in the nuts. Some kind. <laughs> Some kind. <laughs> uh, so we that usually, explains it all. <laughs> we usually start off with what you've been playing, so we're going to start off with our, with our guest female, Roan. Rona. What have you been playing this past week or so, if you've had the time to play anything? Because I know you've been busy. Yeah, well, you know, all right. Well, my I have a Nintendo Wii, and that's it. So, you know, I kind of limit myself to Wii games. Um, no PSP? Nah, no, not so much. I Freaking GameSpot. I went and GameStop. tried to... GameStop, got you. Um, I want to try to, you know... Get the new Final Fantasy. Well, it's not new, but the War of the Lions tactics advance, and like I got played. <laughs> this doesn't work. So oh, it doesn't so much work. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. So I'm gonna have to take that back. So much for that. But um, 
I've been kind of going hard body. You know, at my job, we got a lot of client games. And when I went out to L.A., which we'll get into, I guess, um, I got like a crap load of games. Like my Wii games collection automatically tripled upon entry to the job. So um, I've been playing a lot of client stuff, uh, Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles, um, which is kind of awesome. But we're stuck at the fourth stage with a solo mission. It's not cool. Um Y'all can laugh at me if you want, but Mario Super, Super Superstar Sluggers, I've, I've been playing that hard no, no. body. I heard, I heard good things about that. Wait, but is that that's one of your clients' games? Uh, no, 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 no. I think they just gave, I, you just got it. Yeah, that's something that I bought. It's okay. actually, you know, it's actually decent. I have my qualms with it. You know, it's kind of glitchy at times, but I like it. And I, I mean, I've, I just finished beating the game, so, you know. Not that beating any Mario sports games ever requires more than 15 minutes. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, when I'm with my, my homies, it just depends on what, you know, people want to play. If they want to throw on some Samurai Showdown 2 for the new virtual console, I'm with it. You know. Um, oh, they came depends. out with two. When did they came up, come out with two? Oh, uh, I guess at least at least two, three weeks ago because I've had uh, okay. it ever since I got back from, from LA. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, that was a while back. Yeah, um, it's pretty awesome. As far as Super Sluggers goes, did you pay? Did you play the first Mario ba- All Star Baseball for GameCube at all? No, I didn't. Um, I don't want to get into my feelings on GameCube because you might kick me off the podcast. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't unfortunate enough to be privy to those uh, GameCube baseball games. Because um, no, because I heard that this one is better from a, from a gameplay standpoint, but then it adds like foolish shit, like you have to explore and stuff like that. Is that true? Yeah, it does add like a kind of. Um, I mean, you know what? To be honest, it really feels like Mario Party in a lot of ways. Like it feels like <laughs> Mario Party meets baseball. Oh no! <laughs> no, but I'm not mad at it because like they actually. I mean, they they help. I can see what the game. The game is not made for me. Like I feel like a jerk for playing a game that's made for people that are a little bit younger than me. But that said. If I was a younger kid, I would want the way it's set up to be set up. You get to explore and learn how to play certain things and, you know, develop certain skills and whatever. But there's some there's some great mini games. It really feels like Mario Party type experience. My boys were very skeptical when I brought it over the first time. Like, what is this? And then we started pulling out some of the mini games. Like, ah, it's kind of hot. It's kind of hot. You know what I mean? So it's, it has its merits. It definitely has its merits. How, how does it feel in terms of, you know, swinging the bat and all that stuff? Okay, so, all right, like, MLB uh, 2K8, you can't play that game sitting down. You like a complete tool trying to play real baseball sitting down. It's not a good look. <laughs> okay. But this game, I mean, it really is more of a sit-down game. I mean, there's so much stuff going on on the field. Like, you know how any Mario like, yeah, games are. Yeah, shells, like that. bombs. Yeah, exactly. Just like Mario Kart, it's like there's so much stuff going on, you always have to be on your toes. So I don't have time to stand up and swing it. That doesn't really matter anyway. It's all about timing and you okay. know, how you line up the pitch. So, yeah, it's more of a sit-down game to okay. me. But I guess you can stand up if you feel, you know, you want to get into it. I don't If you want to look stupid. Sorry. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, anything else you've been playing? Should we move on to Tony? Oh, don't um, move on to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I'm, I'm just looking for finally Tecmo Super Bowl to at some point yep. come out. On, uh, uh, Tecmo Super console. Duper Bowl. They can take out the names if they want, just as long as they have eight plays and you can actually fumble the football. So, you know, <laughs> other than that, yeah, it is what it is. That, that's a shout-out to you, Tony. Uh, after our long uh, discussion or, or, or in sep- on Tecmo Bowl last time, you remember that. Hey, the onside kick exists, man. Not in Tecmo regular I'm bowl. Telling it's you it only does. in Tecmo hey. Super Bowl. Hey, guess what, guess what? I'm telling this, you it does. This is how it works for Tecmo Bowl. Tony, what you been playing? 
Okay, so admittedly, <laughs> <laughs> admittedly, um, I used to be a gamer, guys. Believe that. I mean, really, <laughs> really. It's just that I'm on probation in a kick-ass job, and I'm been, I, I've been working. After so you, probation is over, I will definitely go back to playing games and being a loser. So you haven't, um, so you haven't games, been frustrated. Not a loser in general. Huh? Yeah, that's already set. <laughs> yeah. No, but have, so you haven't been uh, torturing yourself with Petapon anymore? Yes, I have. So I hate it. Okay. Yeah. Well, we know. I, I don't, yeah. I hate it. I, no, no, <laughs> you hate, I hate it, it now. I hate it. I, I, I think you went. Um, you went from thinking it was a lot of fun to hating it. Wow. That, that's a. Okay. That's... So let me get. Uh, so let, let's just put this into perspective. This week I went to Atlantic City, and let's see. I brought the game with me, and it just annoyed the shit out of everybody on the bus because all they heard was. <laughs> You know, that that's why when and you, you like, know, go into public, you should probably use headphones. Headphones. Just yeah, a suggestion. But the, but the whole thing was, it was like, okay, I, it's low enough. I could just play. But, you know, um, my girlfriend goes, my girlfriend, my wife goes, uh, yeah, this, <laughs> oh, wow. is what I have to, this is what I have to deal with all night. I have to listen to this poom poom patapone shit. And I'm like, <laughs> bitch, that's it. No more dick for you. But I'm like, <laughs> after that, after that, I was like, um, playing a game and realizing that when I get to the Miracle Missions, I just don't like the fucking game. I don't like it. So, I think the Miracle Missions are the worst fucking thing ever. First of all, I, I, I think I voiced this. You the voiced miracles, this numerous, last week. numerous, the miracles numerous take times. take way too fucking long. Yes, we know that. I mean, that. they take ten turns. Yes, we know that. Ten turns. Yes, we know that. <laughs> My question to you is, if they had taken those out, is that the is that the only thing that would need to be changed in order for you to like the game. Like, That's a not, huge not to, part. Not to yeah. make it a lot better, because I'm sure every game has a lot of little things, mm -hmm. but there's always that mm -hmm. one thing that pushes that, you over the edge. And with, So you're saying that would be it. That is a huge, huge thing. Because, one, the miracles have to be shorter. Two, once you come out of miracles, you still have to be in fever. Because this fucking, you know, your fever being taken away and you have to, having to build up to fever again is bullshit. Because... If you missed a miracle, if somehow you don't start the miracle, okay, guess what? You have to generate fever again. By that time, you're getting your ass kicked right, right. by the by the heat or we by fucking this. enemies. It's bullshit, <laughs> that game. Bullshit. So Anything many else? things wrong with this game. Um, Let me see. Uh, The characters are cute, but, like, I can't buy the good characters um, because they get eaten by fucking enemies. Because you have no rhythm. No, I have rhythm. They just get You eaten. have no rhythm. All right, uh, I think his question was, were you playing anything else? Oh, yeah. Uh, day 3,402 of Final Fantasy II, of Fantasy Star 2. And, oh, you're uh, still playing you're that? You're still playing that? Jesus. And, uh, Why don't you yeah, either just give up or get a fact or something? See, well, that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that because, that's, as a matter of fact, that's exactly what I did. I fucking went and got a fact because I was missing, I didn't know it at the time, but I was missing one more piece of me where... It was the fucking yeah. Nemet, and now I have to go all the way back to that tower and find a Nemet. And at that point, I was like, "Done, <laughs> that's it." So, Wait, so you have stuff. The same... huh? I'm, I'm sorry. Are we talking about the same Fantasy Star, like the old school version? Fantasy Star yeah. Two. Yep. Wow, are you gonna play like Alex Kidd next? I mean, what's going on? Here? No, Alex no, 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 no. Shittiest save, mascot I'll, ever. I'll save that for the people that are older than me. I never liked that game. The whole thing, right? Why I played this, Ron? If you want to fucking knock me, um, it's because <laughs> it's because I never passed that game. I, you know, I passed oh, okay, a okay. lot of fucking games. I played it to its completion, but that's that is really the one RPG that I've never passed because I got so frustrated with it. 
You know, okay. it's a really, really fucking hard game. And I bought it used, so it didn't come with, like, the book with the maps that Al was talking about. You know, so I was like, uh, no, I didn't have a fucking map or anything else like that. So I was doing everything blind. And doing so, that game blind, let me tell you something. It's a 15-town totter. Yeah, not fucking fun because the, the townspeople do not help you. They say nope. stupid <laughs> random shit, and they do not help you. Okay, so what you're left on is going from the last mission, trying to figure out what you do in this next mission. And that's not fun. It's not mm. fun. Nice. You know, you sound like so, a troop in the Middle East right now. But actually, um, I, I I'm sorry. Of, what I sound like? A troop in the Middle East. Oh, it's like the townspeople are not helpful at all. Yeah, but, um, are not. that's not fun. <laughs> Getting killed. But that's think, not fun. <laughs> I, I can I can relate though because that sounds like kind of the way I felt about Super Mario too. And I didn't mm -hmm. finish Super Mario too. Like I always like used the warps and then got to World Seven and right. like died. But you never played all eight worlds and and it's complete. Yeah, I finally, I finally did do it though, but I was playing it well into like my twenty. So yeah. now you got to do it where everybody has four. Huh? Four clears. Oh, oh no, no, complete no, the game. No. no, fuck that. I'm good. Anything else? <laughs> should we, we move on to Al? Um, and you got to do it where every cherry game you got you get a, a life. So Not that you get 99 lives. Enough. No, yeah, no more of that game. Yeah, you in World <laughs> 7 think, you got to start over. I think, I think we're all sick of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Not playing that again. Um, mm -hmm. Should we move? Uh, is there anything else, Sony, or should we move on to Al? Anything uh, wait, else you're wait, playing? Wait, there is something else. Um, Work. Uh, Al. <laughs> Al, what you playing? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I've been working a lot, too. But I've managed to squeeze in a couple of titles here and there. Um, still playing game, Tactics. Man. Still on Chapter 3. Um, it's PSP. And nice. I'm very, very close to getting my Dark Knight now. All I have to do is uh, get, I think, another 1,300... No. Uh, another 16 or 1,700 JP for this character for Black Mage and learn uh, Blizzaja, Thunjaja, yeah, yeah. and uh, Magic Counter. Once I learn those three, then I'll be able to open up Dark Knight. And I'll just ease my way into finishing the game because I'm completely overpowered. Hey Al, um, have you mm -hmm. um have you ever played Final Fantasy Tactics before now? Yeah, and I actually got up to okay. this part that I'm at now when I played in uh PlayStation and I quit because it was too hard. <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> let me ask something. Like, um, does it pretty much sync well with the PlayStation version, like the original version, or are the are the improvements like do they really improve the game flow or I mean just trying to get a general idea. I really um, have a hard set on getting this game right now. It's basically a slightly more difficult version of more difficult. tactics. Yeah, only because of the fact that um, it takes longer to do things, that you get less JP and it costs more JP to get stuff. Um, but once you get JP boost, it all really becomes relative to the PlayStation version anyway. But um, in terms of the graphics, the graphics are like exactly the same. The FMVs that they well not FMVs that the the hand drawn cinematics that yeah, come in between yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. are really cool. Um, yeah, of course, of course. The you know the slowdown that they used to have when you cast spells and did all the techniques and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's still in there. But <laughs> if you used to that, you used to that. You had to keep it for authenticity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, really. But the you know all the techniques and stuff like that. Everything is better, easier to understand, and. The gameplay is just the same as it was back then. 
So well, if you were really into tactics and you like, you know, how, how you're talking about it, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, the only thing I'm not kind of feeling is, you know, the inevitable demise of my PSP when I get to... I don't think I have to ruin it for you, but you know there's always a dungeon, like an optional dungeon in Final Fantasy. Are you talking about like, Midnight Deep at the end? Um, Well, you could call it Midnight. I mean, I just call it the Dark Dungeon. It's kind of... Uh-huh. It's just the worst. I, I just anticipate the demise of my PSP when I get to Dark Dungeon and get halfway through and can't go back and some bullshit happens. I just... <laughs> Throw that gym against the wall of the, like the train or whatever I'm at, yo. It's just remember, not... remember, just because you have two hundred dollars doesn't mean you should spend it on a new one. That's oh, <laughs> um, I have a just PSP remember story. that and chuck the game. Chuck the, the game is less expensive. Just chuck hey, the game. Well, hey, I got some advice. A... You know that wrist strap that came with the PSP, the gay looking wrist strap that looks, <laughs> yeah. like, that looks yeah, like it belongs yeah, on yeah. a purse. Yeah. Uh, use it. <laughs> so <laughs> when you throw, it goes nowhere. That... Maybe hits you in the face. Okay, wow. even even more expensive. Great... Ron, don't catch a charge. You know, assault is still punishable. <laughs> no, so I'm while you're on the train, do not punch the nearest person. Throw your PSP. It's cheaper. You should be more concerned about me doing like a Naomi Campbell and hitting somebody in the face with it. But, That's what um... I'm saying. It's cheaper. Go ahead. Yo, just break Ron? the PSP. <laughs> uh, no, I was just saying that, you know... Um... I have a story about the PSP related to your wrist strap thing, and you know it, but we'll get into it when we get to, to the story of L.A., because it's kind of awesome. Oh, it's uh, an L.A. thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let me just finish up my thing real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry about I that. gave my Xbox a lot of love this week. Um, I bought Two Human on Thursday, played that a little bit, played with Austin a little bit. That was pretty fun. Um and pretty buggy and then um, <laughs> yeah yeah uh I played some Castle Crashers and some um uh what is that other game I played it was a downloaded game oh some Binding Commando which I can't pass stage six because uh I don't know it's it's pretty rough on me for some odd reason and I was playing something else that I can't remember uh. That's weird. I was playing uh, a lot of Xbox this week, and pretty much nothing else. Uh, oh, I, I bought Orange Box, and I played some Portal. Portal oh, was hey. And uh, that's basically it. Yep, that's that's all she wrote. Um, Eat more chicken. Sucky week of work. <laughs> Austin. Uh, I had, like like Al mentioned, I played Two Human with him online. I, I played through it um, at the beginning of the week. I actually brought my 360 to work with me for the first and probably only time um, in the hotel, <laughs> and I played through Two Human in about 12 hours. Uh, it's um, it's got issues. It's uh, it's a, it's it's decent, and I, I think that anyone who's been interested in this should should at least give it a shot. It's worth a rental. Um, I'd say it's worth a rental for anybody who's into loot based RPGs. Um, it's a matter of will you get into the combat or not, and for me it wasn't or not, because mm. for anyone who's not who's still not familiar with how two human works, whatever rock you've been living under, who's listening out there, um, it's think about Diablo, but instead of clicking on enemies, you just push the analog stick towards them, and that is it. I know everyone's mm. going to start writing in and telling me that oh it's deeper, there's a lot of depth if you look for it. Yes, it's there, <laughs> but it all amounts to pushing the analog stick. I can't stress this enough. You can tell me about all this shit that you can do with runes and charms and and air combos and launchers and ruiners and all that shit. At the end of the day, it's pushing the analog stick, maybe double tapping it, maybe pressing the R button. All it is is just pushing it. Like you don't have that tactile feel of 
When I press a button, he swings his sword. Mm-hmm. When I press it twice, he sings it in a two-hit combo. If I hit strong, if I hit weak, weak, strong, he does another combo. It's it's not like that. You just push and you hold the button, and it looks cool when you do it. And if that's all you need, that's great. But I just felt very it's too disconnected. Automatic. Yeah, yeah, it was it was almost automatic. too automatic. I felt very disconnected from it. Like not that I wasn't in control, but that like I didn't really have a say in exactly what I wanted to do. Is there a way to turn that off, or that's the only that option? That is that is the control method because what he Aww. wanted to do was have a fluid method where if I wanted to attack an enemy on my right and then immediately uh-huh. fly to my left, all I have mm. to do is press the analog stick right and then left, and that, and it works. Aww. It does work, and it's it is fluid, and it's enjoyable for the first few minutes that you're doing it. But it's like, um, it it be, I, uh, put it this way: I was able to amass a 347 hit combo by just twirling the analog stick in a counterclockwise circle. I shit you Aww. not. I shit you spinny, not. Spinny, I, spinny. I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating this to be sensational. I was actually able to do 347 hits by spinning the analog stick very slowly in a circle. Okay, It could have just been the circumstance that there were a lot of easy enemies coming my way and surrounding me, so there was someone there the entire time. So be it. The bottom line is that I was able to do it, and I don't think I should be able to do it just by doing exactly. that, you know? Aww. I'd like to be – and, you know, I spiced up the experience a little because I got bored, so I spiced it up by, like, launching a few into the air, and that's, that's all fun. But it's just, like, at the end of the day, I, you know, I played it more for, like, getting all the, the loot and seeing what kinds of, like, power-ups I can give. Because they have this pretty cool – rune charm system where you you know it's like materia in final fantasy 7 each weapon has a couple of open slots and you can stick materia into them um it's similar pause. huh, huh? I, I, I just said pause go ahead <clears throat> um, it's it's similar in, in in the respect that each item has uh an open slot where you can insert something called a rune and a rune says okay you can either have like this this has a chance to cause ice damage or this has a chance to uh to cause plus five percent damage, or this uh-huh. will raise your hit points by a certain amount, or this okay. will increase your defense. So it's like materia. Yeah, yeah, and so it's it's almost exactly like that. And in a sense, you can you can customize your own weapons that way, and that's cool. That's mm-hmm. really cool that I can say, all right, I've got this big ass, badass looking hammer that already does this, this, and the other thing. But now right. I've got three empty slots. Hey, let me increase my hit points so that every time I equip this hammer, I get more hit points. Done. You can do that. And that's really cool. But when it comes to actually using the weapons in combat, it's like it feels kind of empty after the first few minutes. It's just like, come on, you know? They try to make it all like Devil May Cry. You can launch them, and then you can juggle them in the air with your guns. And it yeah. works, but again, it's it feels detached. Yeah, no, no, because, because I mean, in that aspect, you're pressing buttons. You're It's a timing thing. Right. It, it, There's it, no right. timing. Exactly. It There's no timing. It, it requires some skill, but not... Enough to the point where I feel satisfied. So if you're one of those people who who don't really care about the skill aspect, and there are a lot of people out there, and it's that that's a fair statement. If you if you just want to experience the loot and stuff, you should play this. I mean, it's got problems, but that the, it's got loot there, and it's got there there are all the problems with the balance and stuff. So let me just give an example. Um, uh-huh. They give you so much shit, and at first it's kind of cool. It's like oh man, every five or ten minutes, there's this really awesome piece of armor or this awesome weapon that I can equip. Sounds good, except for the fact that it, it it gives you a lot to the point where each new special thing that you get doesn't feel special anymore uh-huh. because you're getting so many of them. I didn't have so much of a problem with that. It's something that some people might have a problem with, so you should go into that with that warning. My problem was this. Those runes that you equip onto your weapons to customize them, to make them awesome the way that you want to make them, 
become obsolete after 10 minutes. So it's like, why should I bother sitting here, sifting through this menu, giving up my runes? Because once you equip them, unlike Materia, you cannot unequip a rune oh, from wow, a weapon. Oh, wow, that, that sucks. Which, I don't think it sucks. I think it's part of the strategy. What I think is the problem is that because they give you so much new stuff so often, mm-hmm. at the end of the game, they, they, they slow down, to be fair. The, mm-hmm. the, by the end of the game, they slow down with that, and it's, it's fair. But in the beginning, they give you so much new stuff that it's like, well, I just spent all my time customizing this thing, and now it's out of date. It's like, oh, I bought an Xbox four years later. Now they come out with a 360. What the fuck? You know? So that kind of comes through. Then there's also stuff like if you do an air combo when you're landing from your jump, sometimes you land on top of an enemy and you're just kind of floating there. Like there were several just like in real life, yeah. Yeah. They like stay still. Yeah, there's several moments when I was playing yesterday with Al where we'd both do an air combo and like one of us land on top of the other and we just kind of stick there for like a half second. It it just looks buggy. The camera is god awful. It is one of the worst cameras I've ever used. Okay, you're walking down a bridge from left to right. All of a sudden, the camera does a Michael Bay pan from right to left. And so you have to switch your analog stick direction like on the fly. And there's there's no reason. There is no reason. None right. whatsoever that the camera should pan over. It's not showing anything more dramatic. It's just you're walking across a bridge, and it pans over for no reason. It's like in Transformers when the camera panned across Bernie Mac's head three times before before <laughs> you finally got the Bumblebee. What's the purpose? Did Michael Bay direct this game? <laughs> no. Oh my but he God. Certainly, certainly looks like he did. By the way, did you I even like directing. that movie? No. Thank you. What? You, you, Ron. We've had the discussion. You know, I didn't like it. I know you love it. Let's move yeah. on. But yeah. um, yeah. I mean, so again, <laughs> that movie the, fucking sucked. Sorry. Yeah. Again, so <laughs> the game has problems. They're noticeable. Yeah. It's not for me. It's not shit like Kevin Pereira said on his video blog. Come on, frustrating. Really, Come on. it's fun. No, it can be a drag sometimes. It's not fun all the time, and the problems <clears throat> do overshadow the fun that you have. At the same time. There is fun to be had there, and like many, many things, not to say that this is special to Two Human, because I don't think you should give credit to anything that should be uh-huh. the way it is, but Two Human is more fun with a friend, like, mm-hmm. like most other things. It's more fun with a friend. I was playing with right. Al, and a lot of the problems I was laughing at, but it didn't really bother me because I had someone there to talk to about it. Right, right. Mm, yeah. Like so, 360 jumping? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could jump up in the air and twirl your left analog stick, and, and like Balder will kind of spin around in the air like a ballerina. It looks pretty funny. Um, yeah, I did a 1080 in the air. It was yeah. hilarious. Um, and that's not a bug. That's just something funny I like to do with games. But um, So that's Too Human. If you were looking forward to this game, definitely at the very least rent it. If you think that you don't, you won't have a problem with the balance issues or the combat, buy it. I mean, I'm not going to stop you from buying it. I mean, I don't think it's a definite buy, but there are some people for which this will definitely satisfy. And I think that after, you know, Forget about the years in development. Forget about all that. What we have here is a game that has problems but is enjoyable. Okay. For for for, for some aspects. So for you, Tony, I know you've been looking forward to it. Um, download well, the be, demo. Well, here's the thing. Uh, like when you told me about the automatic combat system and stuff like that, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I think I have a way to like make people understand why this is not good. So um, but, just before think about you before first... just one second before Sorry. you go on. I would suggest that you try it before you judge it because it's really one of those things where it sounds bad, but you have to try it. You really do. You can't, you can't base it off of what I'm saying especially. I'm just giving you how I felt about well, it. Well, let me, let me just ask you this. When you press the analog, analog stick up against an enemy, he swings. Yeah. Okay, so as I was saying, um, let me equate this with like, okay, so maybe you move another analog stick. I don't know. No, what do you do? No. What okay, do you do? fine. Let me, fine. Before you go on then, let me explain it. 
Okay. You can you can either just mow through the game just by pushing your analog stick in that direction, or uh-huh. you can launch them into the air. Launching into the air mechanically means that you press both analog sticks in the direction of the enemy. So, uh-huh. and then you no, can no no the launching. Oh, I'm sorry, no no, no. Analog stick La- twice. I'm sorry. Yeah, launching someone into the air requires that you tap it twice. Okay, so if you're sitting there wailing on an enemy, you'll have it held. Let's say he's on your right side. You'll hold it on. The, uh-huh. You'll hold it to the right. And then uh-huh. you'll, when you want to launch him, you tap it twice. Then he goes up in the air. Then you can jump up after him by pressing the A button, okay? From there, you can continue to hold the analog stick in that direction, or you can press both analog sticks in his direction. One just keeps on hitting him. The other does a finisher combo, which adds something to your combo meter, okay? okay. When you, the, the, the more combos you do, the more your combo meter fills up. When your combo meter fills up, it's going to add a level to your combo meter. So you can get up to three, three levels of combo, right? Okay. If you press the right bumper, you unleash this uh, attack that hits everything around you. Which and is co- it brings out this. Oh, yeah, and it sounds like a wolf. Which which is called a ruiner, and that's pa- basically like a smart bomb. All so right, no, so no, there's, no. there's no, that. you I, launch I him into the air. From. You launch yeah. him into the air, okay? And then from there on, you can do. Con- it's basically um, content wise, or at least uh, philosophically, it's like Devil May Cry or God of War. You can juggle them. You can shoot them. Right. You can you can launch them into the air. You can you can do a lot of stuff. It's just that do, for me, doing this stuff doesn't feel involved enough. But it is right. it isn't like it isn't like oh I can put a blindfold on and do this. It's not like that. But it's very for me. It was very easy to learn. Someone someone on a review somewhere said it was difficult to learn. I don't know where they learn how to play games, but it was really easy <laughs> for me to learn. The um, British school of teeth. I don't know. <laughs> so at the end of the day, like I can, I can see why people get a kick out of this type of combat because it's smooth, except right. for the except for the clumsy areas where like double tapping on an analog stick doesn't feel natural. But whatever. But and it's it's cool. You you get into the move comboing. You launch them into the air. You hit them a couple of times. You throw them back down. Your combo meter goes up. You press the R button to unleash the ruiner, and you hit everyone else around you. There's someone still standing, okay. so you slide over to him and you start hitting him on the on the head. You launch him. Yada 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 yada. But I personally would have preferred button presses just because it makes me feel more involved and invested in what I'm doing. And again, for some people, they just like that you're able to do that stuff so easily. So for you, I think they would be the same way. I mean, I know you like you like being involved in your shit, and other people just don't. And it's, it's, it's not that it's terrible. It's just not uh-huh. for me. But it's okay. a very hard game to pin down. And, and Dayak made it no easier for, for people who pay attention to gaming news by going right. out and spouting his mouth off. You know mm-hmm. that didn't affect yeah. my that that didn't affect my view on the game actually because I I did again I did enjoy it. And you but said your runtime was twelve. My runtime was twelve because I went straight through it. But you can level up your oh, character okay. to fifty if you go you, if you go back into certain areas and and replay them again. And when you go back, they like when you go through the story mode, some certain areas that were empty, they will be filled with different things when you go back into it. Like after you okay. beat the game or while you're. While you're beating, while you're in the game and just leveling up, because okay. you can go through the story and then stop for a second and say, "Hey, I want to revisit this old area. I wonder what's in there." And then you can go, and that's cool. You okay. know, you can go back and you can revisit and you can see stuff. So, right now, I got to play some more multiplayer with Al before I give my final verdict. But as it stands, eighty okay. percent uh, of my experience complete, I'd say three out of five, which is which is good, which is you know decent rented it's at good. least. No, it's it's yeah, it's good. It's um, good. And it, it like all the people who like say this game sucks shit, they're over exaggerating. They're you know. You know what? I think also the anticipation didn't help. I mean, like um, it, you know, for all these years that Agreed. it was in development. Agreed. I mean, like, 
you know, he's over here saying that, yeah, we had to do this and that. That's why it's delayed. Oh, yeah, yeah we added this and that. Oh, it's it's going to be like a totally different engine. Yeah. And now you're saying it's buggy. Yeah, yeah. That type, that's yeah, not and expected. That's, that type of thing is always, you know, it, it's always sad that, that, that it has to happen, that delays have yeah. to happen. But, I mean, at the end of the day, what, what I try to do and what I think everybody should try to do is forget about all that stuff and play it for what it is. And if, it, if yeah. what it is isn't good enough, then it's not good enough. But, like, there were there were some – Kevin Pereira was basically – oh, no, no, not Kevin. I'm sorry. Matt Casamacian over IGN. Uh, on uh-huh. his Nintendo podcast, he was saying people were obviously reviewing the company and not the game. This is a great game. I would give it low eights. Blah blah blah. It, he made the he made the good point that some people and he he was wrong by saying that some that reviews that gave it like a C minus. Who was Giancarlo on One Up or or game or five point five Kevin Van Orden on Gamespot? Like oh yeah, all he did was talk about the development time, and that's not true. But it's mm. a valid point in that a lot of people really think too much about it. When Duke Nukem mm. Forever finally comes out, it's going to come out, and I'm going to play it. Fuck the fact that it's been in development for, for 10 years. It doesn't matter. Right. What matters is the end product, you know? Yeah, that would probably be the reason right. why I buy You know, it. but the whole thing is, like, cheerleading for it when you know that it's not going to be a superior product does not help. He probably still thinks it's a superior product. <laughs> and, and, and it's not – and, like, you laugh, but it's something that as someone who's put your heart and soul into the game, you have to admit yeah. that there are problems, but at the same time – you know, you're probably going to be really proud of the fact that you yeah, finished it. Yeah, that's your it, baby. You know, fuck yeah, that's so, your baby. But I that's just, your... I, yeah, I mean, I just think that basically the bottom line is I'm looking forward to the next two games in the trilogy. I just hope they mm-hmm. fix these problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they don't take ten years to come out. Right, and mm-hmm. I, I hopefully they won't because the, the engine's all fixed and they have the storyline plot out and everything. But uh, mm-hmm. I've also been playing uh, Blue Dragon. Uh, kind of. How boring. is that game? Oh, kind of con, <laughs> kind of boring at the outset, but it's got some neat tricks. It's got a job system like Final Fantasy V does, mm. um, and it's got um, some somewhat interesting combat mechanics. Um, you can charge magic spells like you have to press the button, hold it until it reaches a certain point, then release it. And you can you can specify when that spell comes out. And like Final Fantasy X, they give you a list of all the people who are going to move and when, so you can tell. When an enemy comes and attacks you, so you can you can decide. Oh, I'm going to focus my attacks on this enemy because he's the one who's going to attack next. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you can use that meter to gauge how long do I want to charge the spell for, and and, and it's specific. The, the the meter that charges up specifically is mapped to the people on that on the combat order list, right? So you can specifically tell when do I want the spell to come out, and the right. longer you wait. The more the more people it hits and the more damage it does. So it's an interesting balance of that. But bef- aside from that, the characters are just unmemorable. You don't care about them, which yeah. doesn't bother me because I'm not a story guy. But it'll bother a lot of people. So far, you don't really care about them. You don't give a shit what they're doing. You don't uh, really have any involvement with the world. It doesn't look like anything special. It looks like a desert most of it. So far, so far, it looks like a desert. Um, the combat, aside from that, is just basically turn based. Like press A, press A. Press A, press A. Choose spell, press A. You don't do anything like in Final Fantasy twelve where you manage like your, your skills. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. do anything like Final Fantasy ten where you swap your characters in and out for strategic purposes. Let's not talk you about that game. You don't, I'm going to talk about it <laughs> if I want to. You don't do anything like in Chrono Trigger where you combine. Right. So far, mm-hmm. I, maybe this comes into play later, but you don't combine for like tech attacks and double and triple attacks and stuff like right, that. Right. So it's like, you know, it, it's very rudimentary, but... I mean, the character development system is kind of interesting. Like I said, it's like Final Fantasy V, so I'm willing to give it more of a shot. I heard that the first 15 hours, though, are extremely boring. So if that holds true, I don't know if I can make it through this. I'd rather just play Lost Odyssey. 
Um, and which is cheap now. Which is which is cheap. Which I already own before I got cheap, which is a mistake. But uh-huh. um, I've also been trying to finish up Burnout Revenge, and then um, I think I played a little bit of Worms, and I'm done with that game. So and that, that's all I've been playing, and that's it. Anything else? Before we move on, Ron, you want to unmute yourself? <laughs> Ron! True indeed, true there indeed. he goes. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to move on to the news. Ron's going to bow out for that one, but he'll be back for the main segment in which we talk to him. to the news uh, because news is good and old and, and stuff and it's especially old for us since we publish on Tuesdays or Wednesdays and we get the news last Mondays and shut up okay first news from Ars Technica Nintendo heads talk hard drive heavy quote better solution end quote okay this is by Frank Karen um, as we all well know uh, well at least I do I can't download any WiiWare stuff because that would require me erasing everything from my memory because it's full and everything I don't want to erase everything on my memory well there's a lot like like i tried to download lost winds i think and that's like that's like a quarter of a gig really wow or something i I could be wrong but i know that i know that like oh i don't know how much the blocks are but like for example like most games take up what like 50 blocks or something or whatever Mm -hmm. and then like i when i downloaded super air zone for turbo for turbo cd that was like 200 blocks i'm like uh yep and then like lost winds i don't know it's just I may be exaggerating, but the the, the point is that it, it's, as Perrin Kaplan would say, the fridge has become full, and now I have to clean it out, which is bullshit. <laughs> Perrin, but, stop um, fucking people in the industry. One of the, and so the article says, one of the biggest problems with the Wii is the lack of storage for larger games. With all the great content on Virtual Console and Wii, where it doesn't take long to fill up the Wii's internal flash drive, uh, which is 512 megs, um, and a few extra SD cards to boot. Thankfully, it appears that Nintendo has some kind of solution in mind even if it isn't willing to share it yet. Go Nintendo has translated bits of a Club Nintendo interview conducted with Nintendo of America President Reggie Fisame and lead designer Shigeru Miyamoto. Both acknowledge that the Wii has had enough first-party peripherals already, but they are also aware of the storage issues. Miyamoto sounded off saying that gamers should expect an announcement, quote, in the future, as the company is working out on, quote, possible technologies while Reggie countered with a flat-out declaration that the company was not working on a hard drive, but rather some other, quote, better solution. Okay. So, Al, you being the most tech-savvy of us, what do you think this better solution could be Um, if it's not a hard drive or or, or a storage device that's local? Probably some kind of really cheap flash memory that can talk to the Wii really quickly, because my only thought about this whole thing is that well, hard drives are probably really expensive still, especially when you consider that like Microsoft and their value-added hard drives are like crazy amounts of money. $100 for a 20 gig and $150 for a 120 gig. Very, very imbalanced. But um, they may also think about how the majority of their audience probably 
doesn't even know how to use a hard drive like other than oh they pointed at their computer tower and they say that's my hard drive <laughs> um so i'm thinking that they're probably going to come up with some kind of like memory stick maybe a large memory stick so that people only have to buy one and they'll just plug it into the back of the Wii and boom they have more space so you're thinking that it's still going to be some kind of local storage based uh technology yeah, but else? it won't be a hard drive I mean, no, it, I'm, it, I'm just, I'm just wondering because, like, you never know what the possibilities are. I was just wondering if there's anything. Someone in the comments, in some article, I don't know where, I forget. It wasn't on our technique, but somewhere else was talking about like some kind of cloud networking scheme where it would be. But that, I mean, how would they run it off of a? How would they run it off of a, a, a fat client to a thin client in consoles? I don't know if they could do yeah, that. You know, I don't think so. Either. I mean, it's poss- it, It's certainly an idea, but would it work? I don't know. Because um, wouldn't that all depend on the quality of your network? Exactly. So I'm like, and, and most people are connected to the Wi-Fi anyway, mm-hmm. which is usually usually slower, as far as I know. And see, um, what's what's really kind of bugging me about this because my the solution that I provided just now is a simple solution. Yeah. But Reggie says that it's a better solution, which means that, and and Miyamoto says that they're working on possible technologies. Like, okay, uh, are you talking about something that isn't as simple as plug a USB stick into the back of the damn thing and you're all set. Right, right. It sounds like they're saying, oh, you know, we don't need to bother with this mundane technology. We're better than you and mm-hmm. we will make something better even if it's more complicated. Who knows? Right. Maybe they'll go into competition with Apple. It'll be like a Wii Pod. And, or, or <laughs> no, we Touch. Yeah, we Touch. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be, uh, you could download the games and you got extra hard drive space and you could play it on the go. Hmm. And then as two a, years later, you know what? That has you know what's exactly. funny? As mm-hmm. obnoxious as that might sound, that is actually also awesome in the way that you have your NES games everywhere you go. Right. That Legally. Uh, yeah. That, that, that would be a cool... You should send that into Nintendo. Um, <laughs> actually, no, don't. I don't want to spend any more money on peripherals, but see, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, most likely it's going to be something that has a gimmick attached to it as well. I mean, like, hopefully they won't do it like, um, you know, Dreamcast did their memory cards. You know, play yeah. uh, like these little stupid mini games on your memory card. Waste your battery. Oh, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're not going to go out like that. But I mean, like they they might let's make hope it. Not. They might get, make it unnecessarily complicated. Like for example, I'm still I'm still annoyed at uh, Wii's online friend code shit. It's annoying. Why can't I just put in a name, <laughs> right? Well, they have uh-huh. a reason for it. Okay, I understand the reason for it. That doesn't make it any friendlier to use. Right. You know. Um. And, and actually, I wanted to make a comment about the hard drive prices, Al. Uh, if they as as long as they don't decide to do their own stupid proprietary little thing with the hard drives and think that they're like Microsoft to control the market with it because Microsoft mm-hmm. can because it's the only option you have, right? Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that expensive. True. It, doesn't it doesn't have to have be one hundred and fifty. But like, I don't know. I mean, I I I'm really wondering how Nintendo will go about it because on the one hand they they you know they they have Wii remotes for 40 bucks and then they sell the nunchuck separately for 20 bucks and that's really expensive on the other hand they're still mandating well not mandating but they're still suggesting that Wii games only sell for 50 so you know they're giving us a break there um the consoles quote only 250 dollars as compared to the other consoles whose launch prices were 400 dollars at the same time for what we're getting the console is still 250 dollars so Are they going to throw us a bone, or are they going to try to rip us off? It's hard to tell. Um, with hard drive prices, though, I mean, I, I certainly hope they. 
I certainly hope that they don't go in the Microsoft route because a 120 gig hard drive is not worth 150 dollars. Nope. Jesus. Um, I, I I could harp on this again, but you know, as everyone knows, put it in a PlayStation Three for much less money, and it's not a hard process. Well, it's not that hard. So. Um, Do you think it would be hard for people who point at their computer tower and say that's my hard drive? Uh, for. A, <laughs> Um, I think yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it would be difficult enough in the sense that they would have to go and look it up online, or the hard, or they would have to look up instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the hardest part is transferring your data. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where Microsoft has a leg up because when you get a new hard drive, you get a little data transfer cable, um, with the hard drive, so that you can just put the hard drive in. I think I don't know if, if you put it in your 360 or you just yeah you put it in your 360 and then you attach it to the old hard drive and you conduct the transfer and it'll just do that for you. Or as a PlayStation 3, they do provide instructions on the screen for you, but it's like okay now you have to see if you do it to an external memory stick. External, I'm sorry. If you have to put it to a memory stick or if you have more if you have more data than the stick can hold, then you have to. Connect it via USB to an external hard drive, and if you don't have one of those, and you Christ. Gotta... so it's 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 a little harder for PlayStation Three, but at the end of the day, like like if if the if you had a a memory stick, then it shouldn't be that hard. The physical aspect of putting the hard drive in is literally find the port, unscrew it, take it out, put the new one in, close it, and that's it. Right. So, um, I think I think the technical hurdle for for people putting stuff into their PCs is that it's just that much more intimidating. You're opening up the entire case, and then there's this mishmash of weird uh, Johnny Five robots inside your computer, and you know what the <laughs> hell you're doing. And like if if you drool on your circuit board, you don't know what's going to happen. So that's a uh, that's a little bit um what's it called? That's a little bit scarier than just on the PlayStation Three. Open the court, put it in, you're done. All right, moving on from that, uh, here's something kind of disturbing. This is from Kotaku. Al found this one. Kid Killer gets Nintendo Wii to prevent suicide. England's 34-year-old Ian Huntley has been sentenced to life in prison for murder of two 10-year-old girls back in 2002. I was actually in London when this happened because, uh, for, for like a, um, a study abroad thing, and it was like the biggest thing all over the news. It was pretty disturbing. Um, since being incarcerated, Huntley has tried to kill himself three times. So to keep him from killing himself, taxpayers are apparently picking up the tab for a Nintendo Wii that Huntley can play in his private cell. According to an unnamed jail source, Huntley has been asking for a Wii for months. When he moved to England in February, Franklin, sorry. When he moved to Franklin in February, he was given a GameCube, but after only a few weeks, he began contemplating it was out of date. Management are desperate to stop him going through <sighs> threats he's made to kill himself. And by giving him a Wii, they believe they can take his mind away from harming himself in any way. Huntley's private cell also boasts a television and a CD player. Keep in mind, this information comes from an unnamed source, so it could very well be false. Well, I hope it could very well be false. I hope it's very well false. This is fucking bullshit. (laughs) He tried to kill himself? Let him kill himself. So who the fuck cares? I mean, like, really, the fucking guy is a murderer. Let him fucking kill him? Why are we paying attention to this shit? You know the the funny thing about like um, suicide in these situations is I start I, I I start to think in the same way, but then like then I think also about the fact that and you work in the legal system and you're closer to it than me so I, what I could be saying is complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way I feel about it is like well the punishment was to have him in prison for life. And mm-hmm. his thinking may be that, well, if I kill myself, that might be relieving myself of the punishment. And the government's like, no, you, got, you have to live out your punishment. 
Because, oh, absolutely not. So no. that's not. <laughs> Definitely not. Government doesn't give a fuck. I mean, seriously. Um, well, this is England, you know, by the way, too. Not yeah, too. I know. But like in general, I think the penal system is the same. <laughs> uh, penal. What do you mean? <laughs> not not necessarily the punishment, but it, it, the same line of thinking as far as like, well, we, not many people think of capital punishment and stuff like that. But they also don't think of like, oh, he's a murderer. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Let's make sure he got all the amenities. No, I don't. I doubt very oh, much. That? No, no, that no. They no that, yeah, that. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I doubt very much that they think that anywhere in a fucking world. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it just gets more severe in certain places. Right. And, you know, maybe more lax. This seems right. like it's a joke. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, so, you know, the guy's forced to spend life in prison. It's not like he was thrown in prison just because he was falsely identified. You know, I mean, he, he was charged with two murders. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if he confessed to those two murders, did he? Uh... I don't remember. Let me. I'll. I'll, uh, I'll look at the uh, the source article. Um, but. Uh, but let's just put it this way. Yeah. Let's let's just say the, these are your two daughters that he is accused of murdering. He is found um, guilty and sentenced to life imprisonment. Are you going to be one of those taxpayers that says, "Oh yeah, um, you know, if he wants a wee, I don't see the harm in it." Time out. I'm he, like, this time is time out for a second. I'm going to read it from the article. It says he okay. admitted to manslaughter. There you go. Okay, so he admitted to manslaughter. Okay, so go on. Sorry. There you go. Are you going to give a fuck whether right. he wants to kill himself? I mean, right. like, seriously. You know, this is the killer of your daughters. Okay? Right. And right. and you're, he, they're over there worried about him killing himself, so they're going to give him a Wii? Oh, they gave him yeah. a fucking a GameCube, and he was like, it's... It, it's out of date. Yeah, right. Are you yeah. Yeah, but that's not what I was talking about. What I'm talking about is in general the concept of this is your punishment, you're gonna carry it out, you're not gonna take the we- the easy way out and commit mm-hmm. suicide. This is before this is before we were going to talk about the we and all that stuff. I'm just right, talking right, about right. on a general concept of you committed a crime, the people called for this punishment and you are going to yeah. carry it out. You're not gonna Take the easy way out. The Wii stuff well, is completely ridiculous, and I think that okay. that's his. That's his. That's probably his way of like, mm-hmm. say, if it's true, if it's true, is his okay. way of saying, well, this is this life imprisonment kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I threaten to, to commit suicide and they buy it, maybe they'll give me a Wii. Let me it's do that. Ridiculous. Of course, you know, it's, yeah. ri- and it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous and that's because what... it's like it's not bad. If you don't give me this, I'm going to kill right, myself. Exactly. Oh God, let's yeah. let's give him a week. And, no, it's uh, okay. And I totally so agree. Him... And I totally uh, just just to finish out uh, yeah, what I was saying, fine. I totally agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. That it's ridiculous. I'm just saying that why people would care if he kills mm-hmm. himself or not is because mm-hmm. they want him to carry out the punishment that they were that they served him. They don't want him to get off easy. That's what I, don't I was know. saying. That's, now, that's to, debatable to go, because. To go, to go as far as to give him a console for it, that's kind mm-hmm. of ridiculous. But go ahead. Well, let me let me get on what you were saying about that right there. Um, let's just put it this way. The government is ready to – when they when they give you life in prison without mm-hmm. the possibility of parole, mm-hmm. it's the same as giving you 25 to life. Right. It's whichever one comes first. Uh-huh. Okay? Okay. That can be um, administered or carried out any which way. You could be murdered in jail. Uh-huh. That's out of their hands. Sure. You could take your own life. That's out of their hands to some degree. But if they think you're going to kill yourself, of course, they'll put you in a uh, protective cell. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, they have to by law because of legal reasons, not because they want to. Okay. Trust me. Legal system does not want to fucking give, you know, um, compensation or even fucking, um, you know, uh, amenities or, or just like compassion sure. towards someone who's, who's guilty of rape or murder or anything else. No, whatever your sentence is, your su- sentence is supposed to be carried out. Right. Okay? However form it comes in. 
Okay, so as I said, if it's 25 to life, if you die in 15 years, that's your life. Right, right. You know, that's your life sentence. Of course, you only spend, I think, about like three-sevenths of the term or some shit like that, uh, or three-fourths. Uh, three I'm, I'm not sure which one, but like... um. But, like, once that is carried out, so, like, say you had 25 to life, you could possibly be released in, you know, 20, uh, 22 years, okay? Right, right, on um, good behavior or some shit. Yeah, exactly, good behavior, you know, um, they give you probation or whatever and stuff like that. I mean, you know, they really don't care so long as your sentence is carried out. I mean, like, look at, um, look at fucking Charles Manson. You think they want to, you know, give him consideration? The guy's fucking, you know, he's, he's a maniac. First of all, he really? claims he's crazy. Yeah, he claims he's crazy, which most people think is debatable. They think they think he's just acting crazy. He's really intelligent, you know. Right. And um, you know, but here it is. He's got life imprisonment, and he's still up for parole. Wow. And, really? And, you know, every year he gets yeah. Every year, um, either every year or every two years. No, I think it's every year he's up for parole, and they keep on denying him. Don't let that motherfucker out. <laughs> so so technically, think about it. This guy can be let out of prison. OK, and now we're over here like talking about, you know, whether the government should extend, you know, something, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the comfort of the prisoner, as far right. as a Wii or a TV well, or anything else like that. I mean, like, they, you know, we don't give a fuck. We really don't. Though, we, though, remember, this is in England. So I wonder if their legal system is different in a way that he's not that he can't ever have a chance well, their to whole, get out. Their whole law so system no is idea. completely I have different. No clue. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, they have similar things. I mean, their lawyers are barristers. They've they have got humans who work the prisons. Yeah, they and they, you know, the cops don't carry guns and shit like that. It's a different right. system altogether. Yeah. Um, but murder's murder, no matter where where you go. Right. Okay. Right. And um, they have punishments that fit that crime. And if you are found guilty or um, admit to doing it, and you're sentenced. It's the same every everywhere you go. They want you to hold out that sentence, but they're not really, you know, watching the clock saying, "Oh, I hope he lives out the sentence. Make sure he does." No, right. no, nothing like that. Uh, if you kill yourself, that's on you. Yeah. Good, we don't have to pay for you anymore. That's it. Yeah, you know? he 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 better thank his lucky stars that he's like not. He's in, in like, pussy jail. Thailand, I'm sorry, he Thailand fucking... or like Bali or something. Uh huh. Instead of asking for a wee, he should be begging not ass. to get any more wee wee. You know, he wouldn't even get a no, trial. Please, no more. He wouldn't even get a trial. He gets some sort of sham, like, okay, I am the the Balinese or Thai government, and uh, you're gonna do what I say, and I say you're guilty. Okay, bonk. He's in jail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, any other comments, Ali? Have anything to say, or should we move on to this uh, shortage? Um, let's move on to the shortage. GameStop shortage. expecting Wii shortage this Christmas. This is from Kotaku. Uh, I've and let's see. GameStop is expecting more shortages this Christmas, with company CEO Dan DiMatteo saying, I've never seen this type of demand before. I know they're making more, but we're still short like everyone else. I think we'll have a continued shortage this Christmas. Wow. I mean, see, okay, now I've, I've, I'm kind of um, I'm kind of off the whole, uh, yeah, they're just holding back supply bandwagon with the fact that they are selling half a million every month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means that they have to be making half a million every right. month and mm-hmm. more than that because it's shipping worldwide. So, but I still do think that, okay, they've made so much money. Can't they open up a new plant somewhere, anywhere, mm-hmm. I think? That'll cut into their profit margin, won't it? I mean, like... I don't think so. Bec- well, maybe. You're right. But I, I, I feel like the amount, the quantity that they could sell 
by mm-hmm. opening up more plants and considering that they've been making a profit on this hardware from mm-hmm. day one. Mm-hmm. Not even like uh not even like a PlayStation two or three or Xbox or Xbox three sixty where day one they were making a loss, but eventually manufacturing costs got to the point mm-hmm. where they could make a profit. From day mm-hmm. one, we was making a profit. So mm-hmm. uh, again, I feel like the the cost that it would take to open up a new plant, and I don't know how much it costs to open up a new plant, like seven dollars something. I don't know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> seven dollars. <laughs> like I don't know how much it costs, but it, I would I would assume that for a holiday season, for one of the devices that has been most talked about by not just the gaming industry but everywhere else, mm-hmm. that has seen shortages for the past one and a half two years. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. For now, to have more stock due to this factory, like if they could, if they could open it for cheaper, and if if their manufacturing processes are sound and they're still making profits on every machine sold, then yeah, I mean, I would say it's worth the uh, it's worth the investment. I mean, I don't know if they could open a factory on temporary lease, like just that's like a, open yeah. It. I mean, that's a that's a good point too. But I, I I hope that it wouldn't be on temporary lease. It would be in general. Permanent. Yeah, yeah. Though, I mean, though, again, that's the whole thing. I mean, they, if they meet up with with demand, you know, and they have right. excess product, then that right. Definitely that's where I was going. That's product. where I was going. Yeah. Like, it's a good point that if it's not just for the holidays, that the cost of maintaining that factory, they're going to sell half a million every month, like they're doing now. But then maybe they're going to sell six hundred thousand. Is six hundred is a profit from six hundred thousand worth to have that factory open? Maybe there won't be shortages anymore, but then they will just have stock lying on the shelf. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that 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 is a very sound point. Um, but I just think that – I don't know. I, if you could open a factory temporarily or lease something just for the holidays, I think it would be a good move for them to do it. I don't know. At least just for the holidays. I think they got a good thing going. Lean on lean on uh, product, huge on profit. I mean like you know, that's like everybody's dream. I mean like you know, it, you've got so many people just waiting in line just right. to get your product. Okay, and you're still making a profit that you could take your sweet ass time and just put it out. And, you know, every single one of the things you produce is going out the door, every single one. You know, so it's not it's not a worry of like, okay, we just we just made half a million, but somehow the demand dropped off. So uh, now we only sold two hundred thousand. We're still selling half a million. Yeah, exactly. Every single time you make half a million, you know, every single one of those is going to be profit. That's it. I mean, It's a great thing. And there there are two things to this. There's one is um, if I'm Nintendo and I'm Mm -hmm. looking at this and like, yeah, I'm safe. But then I I think about it and I'm thinking for every extra Wii that we could have sold that I don't sell this Christmas, there is a $199 Xbox 360 unit out there in stores. Now, yes, definitely. That's the first thing. And the second thing is this is GameStop's forecast. Um you know, I mean, these forecasts are obviously based on their connections with the inside, but we haven't heard it from Nintendo itself. We've only heard it from GameStop. So maybe you never know. It, it could be a case of, oh, GameStop, just watch out. You're going to have shortages. And then, like, on the slide, Best Buy is going to get more, more units. Right. Yeah. Like, we like just Walmart. Don't know. Walmart is like yeah. the ultra culprit. Wal- yeah, yeah, Walmart. Yeah. So we don't know. I mean,. It could be that these shortages are GameStop only. It could be that these shortages are just anticipated by GameStop due to trends. It might not actually be a problem. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll I, see I, what the yeah. well, we'll have more to talk about when the Christmas season exactly. comes on. I'm exactly. sure. I, I would like to actually go into a store and conduct some research and just be like, "Hey, do you have any weeks?" And see what happens. Go into a Best Buy. Hey, do you have any weeks? See what happens. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they're selling through half a million every month. They've got to be coming from somewhere. But mm-hmm. if people are saying they're still hard to find, it's just like. 
are people literally like going in in the morning, snatching them up, and then running home? Like, is it that, is it <laughs> is it still like that? You know? I mean, they're I'm, not I'm doing curious. that other shit that they used to do. Is like, oh, we got weeds in stock only right, on right. Sunday, or right. stand online. We got weeds. We got 150. Come in. They're not doing mm. that anymore. So it's got to be like people like, all right, I'm gonna get a weed today. I spoke to the to the clerk and he said they get the shit yeah. today. So I'm gonna go right. and I'm gonna get it, get out. I'm not gonna tell anybody. I'm not gonna direct any attention to this shit. I'm just gonna go in there, mm-hmm. pick up a weed, and get out. And do it. And do it this morning. Okay, I'm gonna wake up one time. <laughs> they, they have this whole pep talk with themselves. And then they wake up at like 5 p.m. Yeah, like fuck my way. They go to the store. You got any reasons to know? You don't even know. Well, I imagine people just walk into stores. They're like, um. You know, oh, okay, what game you want to me? Oh, man, they got the Wii. Oh, okay, let's get the Wii. Hmm, I'll tell you what they don't have. Wii Fit. Yeah. Like, nobody uh, has that, Wii Fit that's, still. That's hard to find, isn't it? It's trying to sell Wii Fit bundles for, like, $150. I'm like, yeah, right, fool. <laughs> and then and then another thing. Every time I go on this Best Buy over on uh, 60-something Street uh, mm-hmm. by my doctor's office, They'll have all this Wii Fit paraphernalia, like armbands, headbands, well, not armbands, wristbands. Wristbands and headbands and like water bottles and shit, as if Wii Fit really makes you sweat. It just sounds so negative. I know, because it is. (laughs) How you going? Oh, I got myself a Wii Fit branded wristband. Um, Oh, look what I'm drinking out of my Wii Fit water bottle. Boom. Look at what I'm putting my drinks on, my Wii Fit coaster. Coaster. Yeah, it tastes like Mario. Ew. <laughs> His pee tastes like rap. So yeah, oh um, they have all that, but then you like try and look around. You're like, okay, well, there should be Wii Fit boxes around here, and nothing, no Wii Fit. Just the box. You want the box? Thongs. Get the box. It's like the, it's like the Star Wars toy. You can buy the box and have the coupon for the actual toy, but we don't have the toys in stock yet. <laughs> now, if they make a Wii Fit, um. Exotic dancing game. Uh, will it come complete with like Wii Fit booby tassels? Didn't they already no, do they, that? No, but they're ta- they're talking about having like a Wii strip, uh, like pole dancing game. Are you serious? Yes, yeah. I'm dead serious. I don't know. If, I don't know if that oh, ever fuck. came out. I don't know if it was actually just like proposed or whatnot. But or there was, was a rumor like out a there for a while. Spoof. Yeah, but there was a rumor for a while that some like famous like actress or model or some someone, not oh a stripper, I don't think, but just a model. Was going to have like a, a thing <laughs> coming soon. We fit mattress mambo. Mattress mambo. <laughs> Do the flopping fish worm. Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> Let's move on. With that. <laughs> to the game. To gaming's biggest controversies. Uh, we're not gonna, I guess, not talk too much about this because there are ten things here. But uh, we can run through the list and. Um, Oh yeah, we and, could definitely run through the list because yeah. not much of it is like yeah. talk worthy. It's, it's very and, quick, and yeah. this is also from um, MCVUK, MCV which is UK.com. Yeah, it's a British site, so a lot of these things the are market British for computer oriented. and video games. All right, so let's see. Uh, you want to read out the first one? Sure. Um, the first one is Night Trap Ped Outcry, as in Night Trapped. Uh, the first beautiful example of ill-informed public figures losing the plot over video games, Sega CD released Night Trap, combined a dangerous mix of actual video, it's almost real, near-naked hotties and B-movie violence. Censorship-humping senator, hate this guy, <laughs> Joe Lieberman, attacked the game for encouraging users to slaughter the nubile stars. Incorrectly, as it turned out, 
Lieberman wasn't the only codger to label it sick and shameful either. The title was pulled from shelves and even made the 10 o'clock news in the UK. No one mentioned the rubbish acting, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, here's number two. I, I don't. Is this in order? This is just. This is just ten of them, right? I they, think they it's just ten. No, they're just ten. Just yeah, ten is like they got nothing like, uh, compared right. to uh, like the rest of them too. Right. Okay, so here's the Mortal Kombat one. Mortal Kombat inspires the ESRB. You can't tell us that Midway didn't have a sneaking suspicion that it wouldn't inspire countless angered column inches with its comedy gory beat 'em up. And by including so much blood in the original Mortal Kombat, it hit the jackpot with the likes of Death Race. And Custer's revenge had failed, alerting the attention of the national press. However, the tactic eventually backfired quite spectacularly. U.S. Congress was alerted, leading to the formation of the ESRB rating system. Midway was immediately struck from Rockstar's Christmas card list. (laughs) (laughs) I I gotta say, I'm glad the ESRB exists today. Because, I mean... Imagine what the hell would happen. Yeah, I mean, stupid parents out there don't know any better. Oh, buy this game. You know, it's it's there for (laughs) stupid people, so... Uh, Number three, who wants to read out number three? Tony, you have it up. Well, I can't, I can't read shit. Oh, right, he can't read shit. Oh, you're I'll illiterate, that's right. All right, go ahead, Al. Uh, three is, Idol Karmageddon crashes out. Ah, blood. Oh, this is from June 97. They also have the date uh wish these games were out. Oh, okay. Uh, ah, blood. These days, the joy of the crimson splurge, <laughs> splurge is a prerequisite ah! of your hardcore gamer. And a lust for polygonal life juice, life juice, is saving pretty <laughs> much every this 18 This is sounding like pornography, not, not like, yeah, yeah, too much splooge. Too much splooge. Red splooge. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so a lust for polygonal life juice is sated in pretty much every 18-rated title on the market. But a decade ago, hemoglobin... Semen. I'm sorry, hemoglobin. <laughs> hemoglobin was a much rarer commodity in Eidos' generosity with the red stuff. This really could be pornographic if you just change all colors from red to white. Anyway, uh, yeah. landed, <laughs> oh, his, man. landed his game with an outright ban. The publisher submitted oh, Carmageddon wow. to BBFC hoping to get an 18 rating for publicity's sake. Unnecessary at the time as it contained no video footage. But things didn't quite go to plan. The BBFC banned the game and forced the firm to remove all gore from the title. The solution? Green-blooded zombies. Oh, God. Rubbish. Still not oh, as bad is... as Germany, who got robots instead. <laughs> Probotector! <laughs> Amazingly, the Aussies passed the original title with an MA 15 plus rating. Okay, 15 plus! Number, number four would be Ubisoft, Ubisoft faces America's anti army. This is Ju- July 2002 to the present. The U.S.'s trained killers have used radio, TV, and the movies to convince kids to risk their lives for their country, so it was only a matter of time before they are targeted interactive software. America's Army, an online war simulation developed by the U.S. forces themselves, is an unashamed recruitment tool, and they say as, as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The real-life Army actually tracks gamers' behavior and approaches the best players of the ultra-realistic experience. Oh, my Al- God. Unsurprisingly, Ubisoft has come in for a fair bit of stick for publishing the console version of the title, inclu- including... A fever demonstration outside its offices this very month. Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago or days ago, like mm. there were a whole bunch of people protesting America's army w- without any clue as to what the game entailed. Or they they were they were saying like we should shut down Ubisoft. I'm like okay. <laughs> French surrender monkeys. <laughs> all right. Foot. Leave the leave the army alone. It's Ubisoft's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Murder by PlayStation. Murder by PlayStation. <clears throat> August 2004 Never one to let the facts get in the way of putting the willies up its arthritic audience 
The Daily Mall's, uh, sorry, the Mail. Daily Mail, it's yeah. small font. The Daily <laughs> yeah. Mail's timeless front page headline from August 2004 still causes pale faces at Elspa. As does Elspa is the uh, a European ESRB, I believe. Right? Oh, okay, okay. I think so. Um, I'm not sure. English language, Spanish, P. Pennsylvania. No. <laughs> as does the next day's crusading follow-up of ban these evil games the story quote-unquote referred to the tragic case of 14-year-old stefan pacara who was brutally murdered by 17-year-old warren leblanc the newspaper claimed leblanc was obsessed with rockstar's manhunt but the boy's murder hearing soon uncovered that it was actually pacara who loved the game police detectives investigating the case category dismissed any link categorically dismissed any link between the game and pacara's killing placing LeBlanc's motive as robbery. Of course, that hasn't stopped Fleet Street mentioning it as a footnote in every single gory game piece since. By PlayStation. Jackass. The Guy Game's date of birth blunder. Oh, this was pretty funny. August yeah, 2004. Was. The Guy Game. What an idea. How a dodgy quiz sim, if you say dodgy, I have to do it with an accent, yes, in which was. your reward was seeing some uncovered boobies, didn't reach Grand Theft Auto 4 levels of hype is beyond us, but the memory peddling... PS2 release um, didn't. Not only that, but to add to its shame, it became embroiled in one of the game, one of gaming's rarest controversies, a sex scandal. One of the girls involved, it emerged, was a mere popsicle of a thing at 17 when she was videoed. Nice. nice. She later sued Sony, Microsoft, and creator Top Heavy Studios. Yes, name your studios Top Heavy Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Top Heavy. For snapping, for oh snapshotting her whilst under the age of U.S. law. She won her case. All copies of the game were pulled, and a post-masturbatory army of gamers were left very shamefaced indeed. Interesting side note. IGN gave it a very respectable 7 out of 10, 7 out of 7 point, sorry, 7, 7, point point 7, 7 out, of 10. out of 10 review score. <laughs> Seven. Wow. Oh my god. Read number seven. This should be like this is probably top three in my book. Yeah. Here we go. Rockstar spills a load of hot coffee, summer two thousand five. Many of us have gone the extra mile for a bit of nookie. <laughs> <laughs> but this got ridiculous. <laughs> the story goes something like this. Bright Spark at Rockstar puts simulated barely visible and inaccessible Felicio in the violent and profane <laughs> GTA Sanitrius. Sanitrius Post release Consumer Geek works out how to unlock said naughtiness in PC game. San Andreas. And is quickly followed by console owners who actually painstakingly mod their systems in order to see this digitized sex act. Villainous comedy lawyer Jack Thomas, who is <laughs> mental. I'm Jack, <laughs> I'm Jack Thomas! As does presidential also ran Hillary Clinton. Rumors are rumors that her ire was fueled by her own husband's fondness for hot coffee remain unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he had the real hot coffee. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, combined with the much misunderstood announcement of bully, this led to mass protests outside Rockstar's offices. And for anybody who's listening for the first time, we know it's Jack Thompson. Um, there, there's there, there's a nice inside joke. You could go back a couple episodes and listen to Tony reciting his uh his ma- his magnum opus. I'm Jack <laughs> Thomas. I'm Jack <laughs> Thomas, and you're sounding more and more like a lady. <laughs> no, less and less like a lady and more and more, and more, like, and more, and more like my friend Al. Al. I'm sorry. <laughs> on the rock, on, still on the Rockstar tip. <laughs> Gaming's biggest controversy is number eight of ten. The BBFC takes on Manhunt Two and loses. Loses. Date February 2007 to the present. A plot full of so many twists, backstabbing, and arguments it could well have ended up in a dynasty. And it's dodgy. 
as soon as Rockstar's Manhunt 2 was wafted in front of hullabaloo starved Wii reviewers, they loved it. Even kiddie-friendly Games Master called it, quote, shocking for all the right reasons. The BBFC disagreed, refusing the game a certificate in what many saw as a politically motivated move. Q Rockstar's disappointed and Elspeth's non-committal disapproval. A cut-down version was eventually passed in the US, but the BBFC wouldn't budge. Rockstar's real white knight was the Video Appeals Committee, which voted in favor of the game's release. Lucky for Take Two, so did the High Court in what essentially became a censorship debate. Still looks too scary for us, to be honest. Well, let me Your tell you guys. Passes. Let me tell you, MCV UK, it is not scary at all. It is much more tame than the first manhunt, and even if the, all the content were intact, it'd be the same as the first manhunt and a worse game. So don't worry about it. It's a shitty game. Go on. PSP rap. <laughs> PSP! San Andreas, 9 out of 10. San Andreas, the CG in San Andreas. Goat Goat Kate. Kate. Oh, this is a great one. Yeah. Uh, April 2007. Another day, another screaming Daily Mail front page. Under the sensational headline, Slaughter, (laughs) the Mail reported (laughs) on a Sony Greek launch party for God of War 2, in which a dead goat was used as a centerpiece. According to the Mail... Guests were invited to pull cooked offal from the inside the goat's stomach. Ew. I so remember this. Jesus. The stunt was covered in a double-page spread in the official PlayStation magazine, of which Sony decided to recall the 80,000 print run of the issue because of the sensitivity of the general public over issues of animal welfare. Tasted good, though. <laughs> That's oh kind of nasty. I can't, who the hell okayed that? Someone not from even, I'm not even talking about the goat thing. I think someone thing, from Acclaim probably got hired by Sony, but go ahead. Acclaim. Because, I mean, come on. (laughs) Wouldn't that be obvious not to publish stuff from the the goat thing because of people like PETA? Yeah. I mean, it's not a real goat, and it wasn't real entrails, but still. Well, it wasn't real entrails. That's ridiculous. Oh, God. So on the the left hand, we have name your son after Turok. On the right hand, we have slaughter a goat. (laughs) In the pantheon of stupidest marketing moves ever. Although Turok still takes it. <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait. the goat will take it. I'm sorry. No, I'm changing my mind it. today. I'm changing I'm, my mind today. The goat takes the, it. The goat has to take it. I mean, I mean, the goat is worse than the tombstone thing with Shadow Man. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Can you please explain that for those who don't know? Yeah, oh, I don't know. As a part of his marketing um, push for Shadow Man 2, second coming, <laughs> Acclaim decided to buy real estate off of, like, cemeteries to okay. put up tombstones that related to some of the characters in the game. Oh god. So, uh they thought that people were actually going to like look at that and pay attention and buy the game based off of uh tombstones that like real tombstones but fake but no graves. That's freaking of, wild. Like, Why a claim went out of business reason 201. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all Jesus fault. Christ. Uh, he brought it down from the inside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Number 10, and final, Sony versus God. We all remember this from directly from last year. We, we, we only just mm-hmm. recently got off the bandwagon off of this maybe a couple months ago or whatnot. I don't Ooh, know. Yeah. Actually, no, a while ago, but still. June 2007, Hillary Clinton, come on. BBFC, Pah! Jared Thomas, please. Mm-hmm. All of these industry enemies pale in comparison to the big cheese. Capital him upstairs. Sony faced the wrath of the Holy Ghost. Oh, 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 oh. When it pinched an image of Manchester Cathedral for PlayStation 3 Epic Resistance, Fall of Man. Wait, I have to interrupt for a second. I must apologize to all 
um, holy people and holy beings from my um, my my little choral, choral outbreak there because it was so minor, like it was so not church. But keep going. Huh? Okay. The Church of England <laughs> used every power in its armory to ruin the game's sakes, with the exception of a plague of locusts, fire, brimstone, raining frauds, etc. It considered legal action and even petitioned BAFTA to whip away the game's award nomination. Ridiculous. Since proclaimed Catholic then PM Tony Blair even ticked off the company in Parliament. Sony discussed the situation with the church, however, and its presence in the national media soon faded away. Is there anything that Silvertongue Marvel Ray McGuire canceled out? And for anyone who was wondering, when Al said minor, he meant the minor scale. Uh, religious music is usually not in the minor scale. In fact, I don't think it ever is. And we've talked way too much about this Sony vs. God thing in the past. We'll just let it lie as it is. Now... Is there anything missing from this list, do you think? Um, hmm. Let's see. Because I'm starting to think about journalistic things, but I think this is only about, like, the games themselves and not, like, Yeah, and what happened directly with stuff. people. Yeah, because otherwise I would throw up a numerous stuff about, like, people pulling ads and then the, Oh, just encouragement! Uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise... No. Um, not that I could think of, really. I mean, there's su- the bully homosexual thing, but that was that really too, a yeah. big controversy. You know what? I, I'm surprised that um, the Red Rings of Death isn't a topic on here, and maybe it's because this is to having to do with people in the government more so than it is with consumers, but that yeah. would be a pretty big one. I mean, I think I it'll, it might also have something to do because that's a hardware thing, maybe because all these things are software-related. Right. That's related true. directly to the games. Right, right. Because then I was thinking about Thrill Kill, but Thrill Kill wasn't that big of a controversy and it, either. Yeah, because it never got released. Oh, that Well, maybe no, the fact that it never got released. It did? It got released in the UK, and then it got banned. Oh, in UK, and then it okay, got, okay. It was prevented from being released in America, and then it was released as Wu-Tang. Yeah. I'm also surprised that um, Time Killers and that other stupid game, the the one with the king with his guts ripped open and his eye hanging out, what was that oh, one? Oh, Bloodstorm. Bloodstorm. None of those made it to this. You know, but those, those games sucked. Those games sucked. They sucked, and they were really, really, like, cartoony. Not in the sense that it makes it any better, but it was so gratuitous that it was kind of like, this is some stupid comic book that, like, looks really crappy. It's a shitty game. It's like, yeah. you know. That made it, the difference it, between that and Mortal Kombat, Mortal which Kombat. depicted real people. Yeah, because Mortal Kombat was digitized, and it looked more real. And, you know, like, the, the Bloodstorm mm-hmm. and, 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 and Time Killers, yeah, they were pretty bad. But mm-hmm. I think it, it. I think like. But they were also pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty bad. They were pretty bad, and they were also pretty kind of like just just purposefully gratuitous. Where I think didn't it come t- come out almost at the same time as Mortal Kombat? They were Mortal Kombat like yeah. knockoffs. They were trying okay. to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they were mm-hmm. after right. So then like they were, the 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 public eye was already kind of on Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you know I don't know. Yeah, it's like Primal Rage. Primal Rage got no attention because of Mortal yeah. Kombat, and it was dinosaurs. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and you can eat people, but whatever. Some, yeah, somehow it's yeah. more acceptable when it's not human. Yeah, Probotector yeah, like instead of Contra. <laughs> oh God, Probotector. That's, that's why. Yeah, that's why I brought up when Carmageddon was talking about robots. Like mm-hmm. Tony, did you ever see the European version of Contra? No. What? What? What's it? Uh, what it entail? It's not called Contra. It's called Probotector, and instead of instead of uh, Mad Dog and Scorpion, you're mm-hmm. robots. Okay. Why? Because it's better to have people shooting robots than people shooting people. <laughs> in Europe. In Europe. They did that a lot. 
Well, okay, let's let's travel back in time um, to uh, two games. Okay, uh, one. Actually, I won't even mention Crossball, but I got to mention Chiller. I have to mention Chiller. Chiller was like the, the most Chiller. disgusting fucking game ever. You know, yeah. on arcades back in 1984. You know, I'm sure that must have generated some controversy. Unless, you know, people just overall, um, you know, ignored it because they were like, oh, the video game industry is dying anyway, so I don't know. Did you ever play this, Al? Chiller? Yeah. Nah, um, I've sort of screens from okay, um, I have no idea killers to video games. If you go to uh, Cloud and search Chiller, you'll see, like, it's really, I mean, it's... It's like a shooter, right? Like a it's a it's a like shooter like crossbow, yeah, like crossbow. Um, except your aim is you're in a torture chamber, and there's people hanging up on racks and shit like that, and you have to um, essentially shoot them and rip off their faces and flesh, and you get points for it. Um, <laughs> so it shows like Yay. blood, bones, I want to eat your brain. Yeah. Um. You know, it's just like um, one one torture chamber in general. There's a guy on a rack, and if you shoot the rack, it it'll um, keep on going until it splits him in half. And you see like the entrails and all that shit. Um, there's a dog walking around with a hand for no reason. You know, um, <laughs> shoot the dog. You shoot the dog, and you have to shoot it like five times. So it goes, you know, like each time you hit it. Okay, and let's see. There's like. Bats flying around, you could shoot those. Um, there's like heads placed on a, on a shelf, you could shoot those and expose the skeletons. It's pretty gory. And this caused outcry? It should have. I, no, I, I thought, but I don't think I it thought way back when, way back when, there were people like saying that um, there needs to be a regulation. Like this, this, camp, this game can't be in like a family place. This was 1984, okay. I believe. And or that, 1983? Yeah. 1986. Maybe that's probably why it didn't really get attention because they clamped on it like really fast and said, okay, let's get this out of Chuck E. Cheese's and put it into those dingy uh, <laughs> dingy arcades where gangsters go. <laughs> yeah, check, check, the, check the chat for screens. Uh, the claw. Oh, okay. okay. Anybody wants to look this up on Cla- uh, on Clav, it's www.klov, as in vulva, dot com and look up on would, Chiller. Yeah, just type in Chiller. Yeah. All right, so moving on from that, uh, we have got GameStop guys again talking about digital distribution. They're scared shitless but don't want to admit it. This is also from Ars Technica by Ben Kuchera. GameStop is easily the king of specialty gaming retail in the U.S. With thousands of stores, a huge workforce, and the ability to push specific games via in-store promotions, it may not be well-loved, but it is well-traveled. The problem is that fewer and fewer PC games are being sold in stores with the success of digital distribution platforms like Steam and the EA download service. Meanwhile, consoles are starting to catch up with Sony offering full big-name titles like Burnout Paradise for sale online, which is pretty awesome. Is GameStop scared of its business model brick-and-mortar game stores dying out? Not one bit. Whether that's hubris or the inability to change is an unanswered question. This is a quote from CEO Dan DiMatteo, who we heard from before. The first digital distribution was Napster, and it was legal. Let's just start there. The software publishers are, Okay, i got to stop him there. Mm-hmm. The first digital <laughs> distribution was Napster, and it was legal. Okay, so that's like saying, um, okay, all... The, the first baby that was born... Had no penis. Therefore, all babies. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> Therefore, all babies should have no penis. What? Jesus. What, what is he trying to say there? Okay. The software publishers are afraid to death of piracy. Duly noted, 
But um, has he seen Steam? Has he seen how many games are on Steam that publishers have willy- willingly provided? Moving on. Mm-hmm. Once a full game is lying on a hard drive, there's a potential for piracy. Aside from the games, the bandwidth, etc., our studies have concluded that the network won't be in place to do digital distribution of full games until 2020 to 2025. Jesus. And that's using today's size, but consoles get more powerful. Games will get bigger. Right now, a 30-gigabyte game with your best T1 line is about 72 hours to do. Okay, mm. so Ben Kachera pretty pretty much wraps up my thoughts pretty handily. And, well, wait a minute. And throws he massive said T1. Amount, yeah. Massive, T1 ma- is like 10 times slower than everybody else's home connection. Exactly. Yep. And Ben Kachera is about to throw massive amounts of pwn to him as he finishes up the article this way. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what he says. It's important to remember that GameStop doesn't share developers' piracy concerns to the same degree and is certainly sweating and it is certainly sweating the timeline before tech catches up with the ease of digital distribution. GameStop makes some money off of new games, but slim margins mean that the company tries to order as few copies of each title as possible, hence the hard sell on pre-orders whenever you go to GameStop's location. Furthermore, the chain's main source of income will be completely destroyed by digital distribution. Buying and selling used games is the way the company stays in business. By offering low amounts of trade-in games and selling those games for $5 under the cost of a brand new box title, it turns the slim profit it makes into on new games into around 20 bucks per used game. Not only that, but the company can buy and sell the game multiple times, a system that's impossible with digital copies. The circular system accounted for 49% of GameStop's profits in the first quarter of 2008. He also brings up the laughable point to downplay digital distribution. Publishers would make less money. Right. <laughs> this is what is quoted. <laughs> Quote, Microsoft and Sony are the gatekeepers for the consoles, and if you're a third party, that should scare the hell out of you because that's the only way to get to your consumer. They'll take 10 to 15%. Video game, publish- video game publishers sell me games today for $48 wholesale. If they go direct to the consumer, they'll probably get around 30 for them. They'll get less for the game if they bypass retail. And so ben says, ben says, guess what? When GameStop instructs its sales team to push, push, push the slightly less expensive used copy over the new one in the store, the publisher sees zero profit from that transaction. More than a few people in the industry aren't happy with the current system where GameStop actively locks the publishers out of profits of the resold games. This guy's a fucking dinosaur. Fire digital, bad. Digital distribution is a divi- <laughs> fire bad. Digital distribution is a divisive topic in gaming. Some people think having phys- like having physical media and the ability to resell games once you've beaten or tired is a big one. Sorry. Resell games you've beaten or are tired of is a big one. Games paid for and downloaded online are all but impossible to resell in most systems. While gamers may grumble about these drawbacks, GameStop is squirming. Its entire business model is based on buying your games and selling them back to the consumer base. No matter when digital mm-hmm. distribution takes off on consoles, and it's coming sooner than GameStop would like, the company mm-hmm. is going to have to take a hard look at where its profits are. So yeah, Dan DiMatteo, eat it. Take a stick up the ass. You're fucked. Don't, don't be all cocky about this shit. Don't say shit like publishers won't see the money because what you do robs them more than what digital distribution does. So shut up. <laughs> moving on. Um, not moving on, but your comments. Uh, first of all, um, you know... Publishers would lose money if they had to sell the same game for less because it didn't sell because they still have to pay for packaging. They still have to pay for printing the the thing on CDs. They still have to pay for all of the instructions. All of that through digital distribution, they could give to you instantly on a download. You can get the instructions with no packaging whatsoever, and they'll still sell it at $44, making more profit than they would on a package deal. Though to to interject just for a quick second – you can equate those costs to the bandwidth costs that they have to maintain by holding a server up. Okay. So um, I don't know how much, like, and, and essentially this is Steam selling this stuff. So Steam 
Valve, who's behind Steam, is the one who has to pay those server fees. Okay. But but I don't know what kind of agreement they have with the publishers to say, okay, listen, Ubisoft, you want to sell your game through my um, uh-huh. through my online service? That's fine. I got to pay these bandwidth fees to my service provider to host all this stuff that I'm selling for you. So mm-hmm. you got to give me some amount of money. I don't know if that amount of money is is like what's analogous to what they'd spend on box copy. So I don't know. But as that is, I, I do agree that is a very good point that they don't have to worry about the physical costs. It's it's I mean, a different we, type of cost now. If we could, if we could actually ascertain what the cost per box, per print, per everything that they have to do to make a package deal, right? Okay. Um, and equate that to how much they have to uh, pay for the bandwidth and stuff like that. Right. Uh, how much? How much do you think they're really saving? If they if they're saving ten dollars, that's still a lot. I think they're. I mean, I think overall they're still saving a whole shitload because I mean, you you talk about a um, a monthly bandwidth cost for a single a single instance of a software that's downloaded exactly. by multiple people exactly. versus versus like printing multiple copies of a game and then possibly um, seeing that copy stay on shelves because it doesn't exactly. sell well. Exactly. So I don't I don't know. We'd have to ask. I mean. Um, Hopefully, I mean, ideally, someone. I mean, like it, you know, in principle, it sounds like uh, okay, one one copy of which they didn't have to pay for anything; they just have to pay for the bandwidth, no matter what it is. If that copy does well, um, I see nothing but profit in it. Right, right, right. Uh, Al. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for taking attention. <laughs> That's what I was saying. You uh, fell asleep, didn't you? No, I didn't fall asleep. I, I think I heard a little. <laughs> it's another sleep cast. What the hell? <laughs> nah, I. I have my two hours before the uh, cast, which isn't very healthy, but still. My thoughts on this is that GameStop is dead fucking grimy bastards. Their stupid fucking scheme, which I thought was illegal for years. I could have sworn there was there were labels on the back of these boxes that said, not, not for, for resale. resale. Yeah. Right. But I just looked at the back of my Final Fantasy Tactics, and I didn't see anything there. I'm going to look at the mm. back of this Paper Mario and see if something is here. While, while you talk. go check that out, let's go on to... Actually, no, no, you have to read this one because you, you said, ugh, to this news piece. Harmonics you know, to release d- rock band. Oh, that? ACDC. Ugh. But find um, out from your box first. Well, no, I've, I've, I've already found it. Okay. They only sell now, they say, for sale, rental, and use only in USA, Canada, Mexico, Latin America for, like, this DS game and this GameCube game. So they don't even say, like, for sale only and no resale and none of that crap. So I guess they're condoning this GameStop thievery of profits. Right. And digital <laughs> distribution, while, yeah, I understand you can't get rid of your game if, uh, or you can't get rid of your game for money if you're tired of it. At least you can get rid of your game and, you know, free space. And you right. can always get it again later when you want exactly. instead of pining for it years later. And you're like, oh, man, I wish I didn't sell that game like mm-hmm. I did multiple times. <laughs> Final Fantasy 2, you, both you and me. Twice for me. Twice. Yes, I, I bought that. that game, sold it, bought it again, and sold it again. Well, that's <laughs> okay have... because the best version's on DS now. So Yeah, and, and I have the, the advanced version too. So it's like uh, yeah. now I have it twice. Yeah. All I know, my only regret in video games is that I returned my Tony Hawk 4. And you know, to Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. In return, I got Turok, uh, the, the the one for play uh, for GameCube. I was very unhappy. Uh, very, very, burr! very unhappy. Burr! <laughs> burr! 
<laughs> All right, I'll read read us read, read us this rock band ACDC. Do I have to? Yep. Yeah. Um, here it goes. <sighs> Activision released Guitar Hero Aerosmith. Yeah. Didn't go down too well. Oh. Well, not as well as they have hoped. Oh. The Metallica version should do much better. Yeah. But what about harmonics? Hmm? Think they're gonna take all this artist-specific stuff lying down? No. Like hell they are. Yeah. I'm Jack <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> okay. We we've today heard that the developers are at work on Rock Band ACDC. Yeah. And not Is just at work on the game, more? but a massive marketing exercise to go along with it, featuring T-shirts, branded guitar controllers, and even branded pick guards, i.e., faceplates. They could fucking keep it. It's unclear whether this will be a standalone disc product or a massive DLC pack, but hey, at least it explains what ex-ACDC drummer Cliff Slade was doing at Harmonic's E3 gig a few months back. This was written by Luke Plunkett at uh, Kotaku. And Um, I think that this specific shit is a load of crap, especially um, when it comes to bands that not everybody likes. So it's like, all right, uh, we're going to sell, you know, Either a giant DLC package is fine because you're not coming out with a product. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you do, you're going to be cluttering the shelves with this shit. Right. But when you're cluttering the shelves and you're like, okay, we're coming out with Guitar Hero Aerosmith. And we're going to come out with this big, massive marketing push because we have to. And... Um, you know, we want people who don't own Guitar Hero to own this game, and uh, we're trying to push upon the impulse of Aerosmith, and now nobody else can use Aerosmith in their games, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I think mm-hmm. it just hurts everybody, mm-hmm. because your game isn't going to sell that much, and now other people can't use the material that was in your game or that you'd like to use for future games mm-hmm. in their software to make theirs better, because diversity in these kinds of games is indeed better. Exactly. Who the fuck wants to just play a game just with Aerosmith? You don't like every single Aerosmith song. To, to, be, exactly. to, to be fair, and those here, games had... And, uh, before you continue, I just want to shed light on sure. what that game entails because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's misleading. Aerosmith has like... What would you say? I, I was. I'm trying to think of the 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 ratio. It has maybe like fifty to seventy, fifty to sixty percent Aerosmith, and the rest is other tracks picked by Aerosmith from oh. other bands. So, for okay. example, you have Sex Type thing on there by Stone Temple Pilots because they okay. like them and mm-hmm. they and they yeah. pick that song. So and it's they, not, they toured yeah. with them or something. And it's not all Aerosmith, but I I get the same. I I I agree with you in that like the marketing message is like, hey, yeah, it's Aerosmith. Yeah, well, exactly. here's the, here's I mean, the like, whole thing. yeah, it's not Aerosmith, but yeah. it's predominantly yeah. Aerosmith. Aerosmith. And here's the whole thing. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared my adoration with you guys about uh, ACDC, but I no. think this will quite possibly be the most boringest drum game ever. Uh-oh. Ever. <laughs> okay, ever. You ever heard uh, ACDC, um, Al? Uh, yeah. I, I, not Al, I've, uh, Austin. Oh, uh, Austin. Nope. Austin. Nope. Never. Okay. Here's here's some of, of the here's some of the intricate drumming. You ready? Hello. Hello. 
Why even bother? Why the fuck even bother? This is the weakest fucking drummer out of any rock band ever. It's it's mainly guitar laden. And even well, by that standard, I think they're simplistic and boring. I mean, uh, you know, many people could bash me all they want. They could like, you know, say whatever they, they want about, you know, ACDC to praise them till they're blue in the face. I don't give a fuck. I'm coming from a standpoint that I know I've seen better. I've known I've heard better and I'm not into simplistic shit. I'm a better drummer than this guy ever probably will be and that's kind of bold because he's been playing longer than me but he sucks maybe it's just because he's playing with them and that's how they want him to stay but i think as an uh, as a drummer you should have your own identity and he doesn't have one in this music as a drum okay? machine did you say I would, yeah, I would say, yeah, he has a program beat, you know. Okay, for this song, uh, we just need... I was making need... fun of drummers mostly, but okay. Oh, well, <laughs> well I, I, I am so not close to a fucking drum machine, it's not even funny. Well, okay, I, I definitely have a unique signature in my drums, and this guy, every, every time this guy plays, it's a one-beat wonder. And I really don't like their songs because of it. Hey, Al, as a guitarist, what, what do you think about the guitar licks in uh, ACDC songs? They got good licks, I just don't really listen to them that much and I, I relegate them to like radio stuff um because the singer sounds like <laughs> like he's constipated <laughs> right yeah like he's constipated oh, and, he's, and he smokes all the time yeah <laughs> well that, that was before their their other guy saw what was it scott bond or something before he died i mean like uh you know after he died this guy took over and he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh God! This is <laughs> my sciatica. <laughs> this sounds to me like it's something like um, for for people who just like them and aren't looking to do anything really difficult. Like for example, uh, the Killers. When you were young, mm. there is nothing at all. That is really really simple. Difficult about the instruments. The singing maybe, but the instruments not at all. But it's in there because people like the song. And I guess. Well, I even guess, Reptilia. Yeah, Reptilia uh, yeah. is not that. Yeah. Well, the the drum beat on expert is, little, yeah. is a little bit for for someone like me, uh, okay. for you, you're king. I bow down to ah, you. Ah, come on, key. stop it. But like, stop it. I suck at that game. Come yeah. on, stop. But um, it, like I think because a lot of people like on the forums have been asking for ACDC from Harmonix, and they finally went out and got it. So it really must just be like, yeah, this song isn't that great to play, but I have fun mm-hmm. enjoying it. So mm-hmm. you know, put it on there so I can sing it. I mean, after Al, you were saying like a couple of days ago or yesterday or something over IM that like is Beat It gonna be on Rock Band or Guitar Hero? Uh, beat It is gonna be on Guitar Hero World Tour. Beat it, beat it, beat it, and that's basically just the same guitar riff over. And and then the Eddie Van Halen solo, which isn't really that hard, but it would be a fun song to do. Just, just to experience. Band song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be good for people who like Michael Jackson to sing. All those five-year-olds. A, yeah, and it's a good, um, <laughs> it's a good um, drum, like you know, the nice groove and whatnot, and yeah. the bass will have a good time, and the guitar will be fun when you play the the tapping solo. <laughs> Tony does it better than I can. Michael, huh? the 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 There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's move on. Uh, game tester fired for going on record about Xbox 360 defects. There was this really excellent 
excellent expose, this article written by uh, Dean Takahashi of VentureBeat.com. He's, mm-hmm. he's been around for a while. He wrote a book. He wrote two books, actually, on the Xbox launches. The first book was behind the launch of the Xbox, and the second book was behind the launch of the Xbox 360. He wanted to, a lot of detail about the, um, you know, the business ideas and the design philosophies behind the Xbox. It was, it's a very fascinating story, these, these product launches. Just reading about oh, product yeah. design and launches. Did a very good job with it. So he, he posted this investigative story about the Red Ring of Death on the, on the 360 and like how, how Microsoft potentially knew about it going in. And they had something like 68% failures coming out of the factory, um, which is why their yields were so low in the market. And for the uh, that's just one part of the story. But he contacted, or or someone came forward from uh empl- from an employment agency that that uh that contracted testers for 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 Microsoft for game testing. So they fired him after after he went on record with this. And here are the details of that. Let's see. We're gonna have Venture Beats Dean Takashi re- recently provo- uh, published an exhaustive history on the manufacturing issues that have surrounded the Xbox 360, resulting in still unknown numbers of defective consoles and a one billion price tag, one billion dollar price tag for Microsoft Games Division. That was a write-off. Hypersensitive readers who pined for the day when we could all just move on from the story weren't the only in- invested parties who took the issue, who took issue with the expose. One of Microsoft's own contract employees was fired for his participation in the story. Robert Delaware, a Microsoft game tester. In Employed by temp agency Excel Data, was let go on Wednesday and is expected to face civil charges from his former employer, mm. according to an update from VentureBeat. <clears throat> Delaware was the only source at Microsoft to be directly named in the original article. He was quoted by VentureBeat on two separate Red Ring of Death scenarios, one that could be triggered by a reproducible crash setting NBA 2K6, and another related to dashboard update bugs with Capcom's Dead Rising. The former mm. game tester says he doesn't regret going on record about his experience with the Xbox 360. He says, if they want to come after me, Bring it on. So, which is, which is to say that he's not scared. Huh? He's stupid. He signed, he signed it. I'm sure he signed an agreement when he started this job. It was a um, disclosure agreement, which he cannot, you know, disclose anything about the job or related entities and stuff like that or about problems, whatever. They have, they have kind of a, not a censure, uh, a gag order kind of, uh, you know, saying that if you do speak, you're going to be held accountable for it. And if he signed that contract... What does he mean? Bring it on! It's already brought on. You brought it on yourself. You fucked. Yeah, well, as stupid <laughs> he's going to be paying. You know, uh, uh, he may have fucked himself. He may have shot himself in the foot, and that's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to rain on this guy because I'm glad that he came forward. No, no, like, no. I mean, it takes bravery and stuff like that. But don't be arrogant about it. I mean, like you're you're facing a great uh, you're facing an uphill uphill battle now. Well, that's you know? fine. Um, but but you, you know what's going to happen? Like like they could easily make a martyr out of him, and they probably don't want to do that. But anyway, to finish true, reading true. this. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, if they want to come after me, bring it on, Delaware said, in response to assumed impending civil charges. As, Venture point, as VentureBeat points out, it's likely that in speaking to the press, Delaware violated his terms of employment with VMC, mm-hmm. Microsoft, and Excel Data, and that his termination was legally justified. I'm sure that is uh, – and again, I think the, the, the thing here is he's saying, like, okay, I got fired. I understand that. I don't regret that. Um, do they have legal grounds to come after him? It depends on what kind of agreement he did sign. I'm sure they, you know? it was a non-disclosure and, and it was probably agreement. some yeah. kind of non-disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Al, I mean, as ND, as far as NDAs go, Al, usually isn't it just one of those things where we're working on this game, you can't talk about it until it's out? Yeah, once it's out, everybody sees it, so you can talk about it, but um, maybe this is, he was fired for some other reason, like, mm. Well, the, well, fire, the firing I'm not so dick. concerned about. 
The beginning, yeah. the firing, I'm not so concerned about. Like they had, they had every right to fire him as much mm-hmm. as I'm sure he expected to be fired. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying is the legal ramifications. How much of a case do they have if they feel that he violated an NDA? Where, where NDAs are usually the type of thing where it's like before it comes out, you can't talk about it. Once it comes out, it's public. Mm-hmm. Like, could well, they tell? Uh, can they tailor an NDA to say you can't ever talk about your experiences working at this company, or else we're gonna we're gonna stick a stick a dynamite up your ass? Yeah, probably. Well, if it's if it's sensitive to the company, um, if it's sensitive to the company's profit, then definitely, sure. Maybe if you're currently employed, because if you leave the company, you can talk all the mess you want. Well, I don't know. No, no, you can't. You not can't, all the no. mess you want, but yeah. you can you can talk some mess. But okay, while you're employed me, there, they could fire you for talking crap about yeah. the company. Let me give That's you an example of a, of a NDA that I, I came across. It was uh, really, really stupid. You know John Edwards, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he you does mean that the show psychic crossing guy? Over. Huh? The psychic guy? Yeah the, or the... yeah, the supposed psychic guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, he has everybody in the audience sign an NDA saying that they are not allowed under any circumstances to speak about what happened during the taping of that show at any time. No matter what happens during their lifetime, they cannot talk about it. Otherwise, they will seek, um, you know, legal uh, ramifications will be brought upon them. Okay? And it's pretty ironclad once you sign it. Okay? Because you are agreeing that you're not going to speak of anything that transpired, even if it's bad. And most, most of the times, I'm pretty sure it's bad. Okay? Because, you know, he's, he's kind of like a group uh, hit-miss-fish kind of guy. Okay, so um, you know that's how he how he does his tactics. You know he'll go. I'm I'm you know in a room full of 200 people. He'll be like, yeah, I, I'm sensing somebody beginning with the name K, and like 13 people raise their hand. But but like the last name starts with a P, and and maybe that limits it down to like uh, five. Okay, and he's a, he's a fisher. Just put it that way. That's how the game is run. Okay, so you are not allowed to disclose any of that information whatsoever outside of the. And if you do. And you're publicly linked to it or somehow linked to it, you do face all legal ramifications. And most times they will not want to settle. They will go after a money judgment or a civil judgment against you. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, in this case, you're right, though, in saying that they might not want to make a moderate of him. They'll, they'll probably just say, OK, we'll we'll leave it at this. We'll have a loose agreement of which you pay us this monetary amount and we'll we'll lay off of you and we will never mention this matter again or whatever. And they might just like settle for something like reasonable. We okay? take the money. You give us whatever you have in your pocket. She shut yeah, off her toe. It's not fair. <laughs> you're I mean, think ni- about you're it. fucking nihilists. What do you care about fair or not? Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> think about it. They're not going to give him money for this shit. Oh, They're no. Definitely no not, absolutely okay? not. No and, way. You know, but they, they might settle to say that if he keeps his mouth shut from here on then, you know, they'll, they'll consider this water under the bridge. Whatever was said was said. Okay, if it didn't impact them that much, that is. If it right. impacted them, they're gonna go all fucking balls Shit. out. They impacted okay? them fucking cells by not launching a, a machine properly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the whole thing. They don't want that known. Of course not. You know, yeah, um, it's too so late. <laughs> it is a lot too late. Yeah. But you know, they, you could always make a scapegoat of somebody, and who knows? They might be vicious about it. They might dig up some dirt on him and ho- and totally discredit the story. There's a lot of things going on that you you never see coming from every angle and right. stuff like that. But in this a- as um it's in they this might um, aspect him. huh? They might Michael Clayton him. I don't know the reference. Oh, you didn't see Michael Clayton? No. The whole the whole idea was that uh um somebody gagged 
an attorney who knew too much uh, with the ever-effective gag of uh, death. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's effective. I mean, yeah, that definitely, yeah. Exactly, dead men tell no tales. Anyway, so um, in this aspect, he I'm pretty sure he had an NDA, and I'm pretty sure he violated it. And I'm pretty sure that was part of the reason why he was fired, not all of it. I'm pretty sure they got wind of it because they're Microsoft. They know when somebody's talking out of school, mm-hmm. you know. So most likely they fired him and, you know, are probably trying to get shit on him or waiting for him to hang himself on his own words. But who knows? Who knows? Either way, he violated his uh, agreement. He does deserve to be fired. And I wouldn't be like, bring it on. I really wouldn't like be like, bring it on. Because you have very little but your experience with Microsoft to bring to the table. Microsoft has Microsoft to bring to the table. Yeah. Okay? I mean, that's a, that's a big battle. Don't say bring it on. I'd be like, well, uh, whatever happens, happens. That's what I'd be like. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, yeah, bring it on. Fuck you, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, he, no, I, I, mean, I wouldn't uh, be too rat, yeah. uh, brash about that, you know. So sorry. Well, maybe he's just pissed off that they fucking tried to get away with this shit and not. not oh, say absolutely. Anything. I mean, absolutely. So. You know, but that you know they could bring out the whole disgruntled employee thing and discredit him yeah. that way. I mean, like, and it, it, well, it could be. It could also be that he's saying, "Bring it on," as in, like, I'm ready to face it. Bring it on. You know, like I understand what I did, and okay. you know it was worth it. But we never know. Uh, any, any, in any case, they're they're boned because, uh-huh. like you know, uh, they were boned when they started failing. The console started mm-hmm. failing. They were boned Absolutely. already. So they're they're Absolutely. one million dollars in the hole, one billion dollars in the hole. So, mm-hmm. um, but we're gonna wrap this up and uh, invite Ronald McDonald back oh on God. to talk about non-news stuff. We're gonna talk about his uh, his firm and 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 what he does and um, what kind of sticks he takes up the ass from from publishers. Just kidding. Just kidding. Back, we're going to converse to Ron about his his adventures in communications. Yeah, his adventures in in babysitting and game sitting and all that type of shit. But first, some of you, um, upon my insistence, have sent in some questions of dubious nature. Um, I don't know if our guest can answer these questions, and he will probably smack me in the face for asking these. But we'll we'll, we'll ask anyway. So, Ron, tell me. First conflict of interest question. These are all from, from our listener, Digimatrix, actually. Is the whole PR industry about giving exclusive or being buddies with the game critics? <laughs> you can answer that, can't you? I, I think it's just funny the way you went into the Jiminy Glick voice, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. Come on! Don't be a wuss. Don't be actually, pussy, no, pussy, that's pussy, a, pussy, that's, pussy. That's actually, that's actually a fair question. It is. God damn it! Ruined it. All right, answer it. Actually, <laughs> go ahead, answer it. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's very much. You know, I mean, I think that PR in general is is about relationships, and it's about you know uh, maintaining good relationships with people uh, in the media portion of it. But I mean, I really think that in the long run, it comes down to your product. Like, um, I was reading um, an article on, oh, what was it? Was it Venture Beat or was it, um, 
I think it would have been a game daily or whatever. And it was um, some guy talking about how pe people in PR pitch video games. And he's like, look, when it comes down to it, if you have a good product and I'm interested in it and it's appropriate for my audience, I'll write about it. Mm -hmm. If not, don't press me about it. And, you know, we'll move on. Like, you're better off, like, you know, pitching it to me. And if I don't like it, then to maintain a good relationship, just keep it moving. And move on to the next one. Line, you know what I mean? Okay. So, um, I don't know. I think that there's a, a, a kind of like a, I don't know, perception about the industry. It's all about schnozzling and like, schmoozing. You know, schnozzling. I kind of, I kind of prefer schnozzling. Because I don't know what that means. Just, it's not just snooze. It's not just snoozing, but there's like a bottle kind of aspect to it. It's like, you're or just maybe a nose it. kind of thing. Cause a schnoz is a nose. In Boom. Terms. I was thinking more like a, like a, like kind of an odd bark, like digging art or his, 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 his nose on the top and we call that brown nosing yeah well yeah, uh, people <laughs> call it what it is give it a name <laughs> well i'm just Schnozzling. saying i mean i'm not gonna say that there are not people who choose that modus operandi to right. kind of go about their business but right. you know from what i've read the most successful people um pitch products and they know their products well and they don't try to paint their products for something that they're not they don't try to say a game is like the most awesome game ever and it's like uh you know kind of sucks you know what i mean right so, yeah okay actually he actually debunked our conflict of interest question the first one god yeah. damn it okay the second one i know <laughs> i know you can definitely answer this one do you pay the critics to give good scores <laughs> that's a yes moving on no <laughs> yeah okay yeah okay nah, nah i i don't have enough money to do something like that but anyway god so, okay. so, so the answer is what? Yes, no, no comment. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that the answer is yes. No, I mean, no, <laughs> um, no, 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 not at all, not at all. Okay. Uh, finally, is PR responsible, for example, for taking down a certain game's ads or losing favor with a game's website critic if a bad score comes from them? I know you know all the secrets to this one. Wow. I'm. Only been in this industry for three weeks. I can't call that. <laughs> um, and even if I could call it, I don't know if I would call it. So this one, you definitely got me. You're successful with this. One. Yay! Um, Shut them down. <laughs> All right. So let's 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 talk about your experience. So so you got hired by Forty Seven Communications. What is it exactly that you do for them? Um, well, I'm an account coordinator, and um, basically, um, if there's so much work behind the scenes that goes into PR, there's a lot of um, building a list for pitches there's um event planning there's you know um kind of cold calling and pitching to the media um like some of the stuff we were just talking about actually uh writing press releases writing pitches things of that sort i mean and then it's just kind of like anything that's involved in the public relations i could be one day sitting down and writing like a press release about a product and the next day i could be like going to Best Buy to get like an advanced copy or, uh, you know, a copy of a product for like a, you know, a media person to have so they can demo it during a, a photo, like a, a TV segment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's whatever it takes. And that's kind of like the philosophy of the firm. It's like, it's very all hands on deck. Like, no one is too much above the other person to not get their hands dirty. And I, I kind of like that, you know? Now, what about the, um, 
What about you said cold calling writers? So you you basically all these media outlets like for example, just for example, put out on my ass like GameSpot or IGN or 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 OneUp.com or or Electronic Game, which is part of OneUp.com, or or let's say you're calling Entertainment Weekly, for example. The, that's the type of people you'd be calling, like people who write the articles or or their editors or whatnot. Well, I haven't um, gotten to the cold caller aspect in this particular job yet, but in the past, what I can tell you is a lot of the cold calling tends to be done um, concerning, like, uh, let's say there's an event that we're putting on that we want kind of media to show up mm, to. I okay, mean, okay. Or you normally, it, it's not even cold calling. It's more like lukewarm calling a lot of times because usually... <laughs> No, really. I mean, you, you, you know, have an in with the person already. Well, yeah, you haven't met with them, but let's say um, normally you would go ahead and like send an email in advance, like you know, um, with a pitch or something like that. Like the pitch is there, and you haven't met the person, but you have sent them something. So you know, there's a chance they've seen it. There's a chance they haven't. But that's kind. That's why it's kind of you know lukewarm or whatever. And I haven't gotten to that aspect yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't anticipate doing much in in a way of calling when it comes to like a game. Like, hey, can you write about this or so on? Usually, those things are kind of done by email, and you know, um, if the writer wants, they'll call you. You know what I mean? So, right. mm-hmm. okay. So, who? And I know you can't talk much about what they're doing, but who specifically are are clients that you can reveal? Who you who who use Forty Seven Communications for some of their for some of their products? Um. Wow. Uh yeah, I'm not quite sure I can get into that. I, I it sounds so like 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 you know elitist, I, and I really wish. But is it the big ten? Not... <laughs> is it the big one? <laughs> I'm just I'm just not I I'm just not really sure. But I mean, I'm not going to talk about our clients. But what I will say is that we are the um the agency of record for Capcom. Okay. And um, yeah, that's that's all do... I want to know. Like, who is it? Who who yeah. are they? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, uh, you know, whatever. But we are AC regular for Capcom, and we also, um, you know, do some work for EA and a couple other firms, some some startups. Uh, very diversified. It's not just video games, but it's very everything that's in the video game space. So okay. it could be anything from, you know, uh, comic-related stuff to animation-type things. Okay. You know, it's... it's I guess it's around, you know, that that whole area. So, yeah. you know, all of that geek stuff dumb. is, is definitely... Yeah, all that stuff is very geek alley. Very geek Nice. Um, you said you represented also Crispy Gamer? Yes. Uh, now, that's a journal... That That's a web website for, for game journalism, more or less, game reviews and stuff like that. Your personal opinion, not the official company word, but your personal opinion, and, and you don't have to reveal anything about how the practices are done, but my, my curiosity is... Do you feel that there's there's any type of there would be any type of uh, awkwardness or, or, or difficulty because on one hand the firm represents game publishers, on the other hand it also represents a game journalist site, and the problem the dynamic there is you know publishers and, and, and sites are can can be at odds at sometimes over over shit like Kane and Lynch on Gamespot or Ubisoft and 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 Sony Sports and Midway giving the finger to Ziff Davis because they gave review scores a low thing. Now that you're the agency in the middle of those two and you have to represent both of them, do you like what kind of dynamic does that form? Well. Great question. Can't really answer it. <laughs> I win. It, 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 I win. Really, you probably no, just I mean, play it, ambassador it, it, to both, right? I mean, like you—you you just don't like harbor any opinions for any one of them, do you? 
I mean, it's like I said, it's a great question. I mean, I can talk about it with you guys, but I can't really. Sure, no, understandable. Done deal. Um, I mean, if you want to edit it out, I don't mind addressing it. You know, a little bit. Nah, but, no, no, um, no, no, no. Okay. So, but um, yeah. <laughs> let's, is, let's, let's leave. But that is a great question. Is it a concern? It, well, I should say this. Moreover, is it a concern of? Is it a personal concern of yours, or or do you think it'll just work out? No, um, I mean, I have reasons for knowing why it's not a concern. So, okay, but I fair enough. Again, no, that's I fine. Can't. Fair enough. Yeah. But I understand where you're going with it. And, you know, right. under certain circumstances, that would tend to be a little bit problematic. Right. Not in this case. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> now, good question, though. That was better than all of your, you know, conflict and interest <laughs> questions. Oh, <laughs> don't diss our listeners. Sorry, Digi. He doesn't like you. Oh, Just kidding. Man, that's Just kidding. fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Now another thing that uh, going off of that is um a, a lot of a lot of the questions that people have for people who are in PR or marketing or whatever is is just the what's the level to which you know people in that space have to go after the journalists and that's why that's really why I asked it because there're going to be some points where either you or some of your colleagues will be called upon to call or email a journalistic outlet and tell them that the score they gave again was too low and complain about it. Now, I don't know if that's going to fall on your firm's hands or if that would be internal to your clients. So that I don't know, but well, I mean, from my understanding, um, I mean, there's definitely a crisis management element to PR, right? And we're a full service. PR that's what it is. Public so, relations. And that's what it is. That's what you have to do. Right. A lot of times, though, um, at least in a video game space, and a lot of and a lot of you know, different entertainment, uh, like different niches of PR, yeah, yeah. Um, is is more about the the pre, you know, it's more about building hype, and it's more about building kind of like you know, an expectation mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. something, and you know, the way you go about that is you, is everything beforehand. Afterwards, of course, there's some kind of reputation management um, that goes into it, and. You know, that's kind of like, uh, you know, obviously, if you if you're representing a game that's just getting land based, right, then, you know, it's not the, the easiest thing in the world to, to, deal to with. handle. But, right. But in the, but in the end, I mean, again, it comes down to the games that your acts represent. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, I don't from what I know and from my conversations with, you know, people in the firm, we haven't represented many dogs. OK. So, OK. Yeah. How much ass do you have to kiss? That's it. Um. Well, I'm just an account coordinator, so I oh, mean, okay. I'm not kissing any asses yet. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I, I I've been told to have nice lips. No. Um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> no. Oh I mean, God. really, really. I just. I mean, again, like you know, I I very much had these same perceptions of public relations when mm-hmm. I was studying it. When I was, you know, kind of in the academic aspect of it, and I'm not going to deny there definitely are people who cho- choose to go about things that way. Mm-hmm. Um, people are human, and mm-hmm. they like to have their ego stroke. And some people who are egomaniacs, that that's all you need to do to get what right. you want. Right, right, right. I, I don't prescribe to that, you know, method of operation. I not really yet. Don't. I, or no, and, I mean it's not even a not yet. It's it's a. I mean, also could tell you. I mean. No, I'm, I'm not talking about personality-wise. I'm talking for job-wise. But I do think personality-wise comes into it because every PR practitioner is different. And, of mm-hmm. course, you, you work for a firm that has a certain philosophy. But in the end, it comes down to your personal style and how you do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, also to tell you, you know, 
with firsthand knowledge, I'm the complete opposite of a butt kisser. I mean, uh -huh. I'm the dude that. Let's not get into the whole story, but hater, I'm but you tell off, it as it is. I, hater, I mean, hater. that's the whole thing. I'm going off on math teachers in class. Yeah, and, and kicked out. Of the, yeah, yeah. Okay. that's kind of yeah. Got Let me ask you good. another question because I ask weird, weird fucking questions. Um, right. has there any like has there ever been a time where you walked away from a job where you're talking to a client and you're like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, well, the person is just so inept, this company is just showing its true colors, or maybe not representative of the company, but they hired this person to represent them, okay? Mm -hmm. Have you ever walked away from a situation where you were like, I, I have no more faith in this fucking company? Well, alright, um, again, I've only been here about three weeks, mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm... Oh, I, so you've I, never I, been in that situation yet, okay. No, 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 well, the way I see it is, you know, we're the middlemen between the media and companies. Uh -huh. And a lot of times we know how the media works, at least I hope we do. That's our, that's our, that's our area of expertise. But a lot of times the people who are leading companies don't understand not just how the media works, but uh -huh. how to get what they want. All they know is that they want what they want. Uh -huh. And so sometimes there's kind of like an understanding gap trying to help them to appreciate what it really takes for you know, they'll see like uh, one of their competitors getting all this great press and like, I want this and I want that. It's like, okay, well, are you willing to bring this to the table and that to the table and that to the table? Are you willing to, you know, kind of make this commitment to doing it? I mean, you know what I mean? So you're so, like a sports agent. Um, There's very, there's very, there's a lot of overlap between, you know, the sports agent. I mean, we're, we're in the, we're in the word magic business. Yes. But we're also in the, you know, media relationships business uh -huh. and, you know, one of the most important things that I think a PR firm can do, besides all of the day-to-day -day busy work, is helping the companies they represent understand the media. Because okay. once they understand, it helps them to appreciate what we do even more. Right. You know what I mean? And right. it puts more of an emphasis on PR as, as an important part of the organization. That's what I think. And uh, so, from my perspective, like the way I've seen it, it's uh, there's a there's a big misconception. I'm not just saying this because, you know, I've got a friend in my podcast who's on PR. But this is <laughs> – I mean I, I studied marketing. That was my mm -hmm. major. And, like, I understand how some of this stuff works. And, you know, while I, I can demonize some of it, not all of it's bad. And so mm -hmm. the, the, the conception of – of what's it called of PR that it's just about you know mouthing, mouthing off and spinning yes that's a big part of it but at the same time it's like clients aren't always geniuses so as someone who's a public relations expert it's the PR person one of the PR person's duties to make sure that their client is doing the right thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not and it's not all just hey gamer we got this great thing for you check it out it's okay dude you know what like for example an actor's PR agent Dude, you're you're fucking up. You're getting drunk every night. You're you're, right. you're landing in jail right. once every month. You got to clean yourself up. Here's what we can do to get you cleaned up. That mm -hmm. type of thing. You could and and I, I games don't get drunk as far as I've seen. Maybe one time or another, but like you, you, you could. You know, <laughs> Everything it's like, gets it's like, drunk. <laughs> right. It's like the, like a PR person. Microsoft's yeah. PR didn't do any of this, but a P, it, it would have been a PR person's job to go in and say, "Look, Dennis Dyack, you're spouting off the mouth. You're talking so much shit about your game. Right. When it comes out, people are going to be paying attention to the shit that you talk, and not the game itself. You're doing yourself a disservice. Do you really well, want to do this? You know, Austin, so that who's to thing. say that um, he didn't have a PR agent that said that, and he just went against the PR agent's advice? And that's and that's uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to you know say and follow up to what Austin was saying. That's an excellent point. I think it's one again advisement. Advisement is not something that I don't think, I mean, I don't know how much you can put, you know, a price on that because 
one of the hardest things I can I, I can relate to in my old job was keeping people on message. We had it was like a tale of two cities. It was one company where we had a really savvy, you know, CEO. He knew what he was doing. He knew how to talk to the media. He knew how to stay on message and not say dumb shit that we would get pasted for later. Right. You know what I'm saying? Once like a blogger mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, someone else got their hands on it. It's like, okay, now we have a firestorm. Whereas we had another dude who was kind of like the, you know, the the kind of guy, like the, the, the fast trigger, spout off at the mouth, maverick kind of, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, dude. And we were always having to go up and clean up his shit afterwards. You know what I mean? And so we need to advise them before they get in front of the media, before they interact, you know, with people, what to say and not to say. Like, like help them to think about it. Like, dude, you realize if you say this, people are going to have this written down somewhere. Like, right. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. This right. is on the record. So um, that is very important. I, I can't really speak about the whole Dennis Dyack situation, but I do, I have been reading, let's just say I've been reading the, uh, the, the, the gaming rags. And yeah, that's been pretty... Stuff. Now, the, following off of that, uh, do you see, as, as a PR person who, you know, uh, of course, the, the importance is, is making sure these companies, you know, go with what their message is and they, and they know their mission statement and they, they follow it and they don't disrupt it with, you know, going crazy. There is something to be said for, um, for, for candidness. There are some developers mm -hmm. who... Not like Diet go out and start forum wars, but they say, you know what? Maybe we did mess up with this game, or maybe we didn't have, we didn't go about this with the right strategy. Um, mm -hmm. What? Where do you kind of draw the line between the good kind of candidness that you allow to seep through, such that the fans of these developers and the fans of games can get a better look into what these people are dealing with, and they can understand, okay, well, at least he's honest, or I appreciate his mm -hmm. candor. I like being able to see what the developer thinks about situations. Where did you draw the line between that and like, okay, we have to shut him up because he's just doing damage to himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, can they? I'm, yeah. That is a, that is a good question. Also, I just feel like, you know, um, it is a very fine line because let's just, all right. Gamers, media companies. It's kind of like, you know, these three separate groups, they all have different ways of operating and all have, by extension, different ways that you have to communicate to them. I mean, I think that fans, more more than anything, they just, there's a backlash on hype. There's a backlash on a lot of talk with very little results. And there's also kind of, you know, the raised expectations that occur. And then when they fall short, huge backlash. Like, right flame wars and all sorts of other stuff that happens and i think that's a direct result of the you know disproportionate hype um but on the other hand you know people who like honesty like honesty is really disarming and honesty is you know kind of you can understand because we're all humans you know what i mean You're like all right. right so this wasn't all that great so and so on so there's something to be said for that however you have to think about so many things when you're in the um in the ceo role you have to think about you know yeah, investors and you know mm -hmm. the board and the way they're going to perceive things I, it's not easy i mean i don't envy a lot of those guys i mean sure it looks like they have cool jobs you know being like the ceo or the head of a video game company or development company software whatever but i mean it's really hard and that's one of the things that we face you know challenges as the middlemen you know mm -hmm. trying to kind of help them determine what the best way is sometimes an honest approach like a super honest approach like you know brutal honesty I, sometimes it works best but 
I don't know. The opportunities are few and rare in between. Yeah. Uh, I have to say. So. Now you bring Question. up. Hi- uh, go ahead, sorry. Tony. Go ahead. I you know I don't know if Austin asked this because I was like chatting stupidity on the other line. Yeah. Um. But like, do you feel? <laughs> do you feel like um? You could possibly be the scapegoat in any situation whatsoever, and that is like discouraging to the job. When you say the scapegoat, what do you uh? When you mean? Um, when I say scapegoat, I mean that, um, okay, so you represent your client, you give them all the advice and give them all the, all the tools needed to be successful in whatever he has to do. Not necessarily mm-hmm. in his business sense, but in what you advise him to do. And that mm-hmm. backfires, and now you're the scapegoat, and you're the reason why it backfired. Do you ever feel well, like that's discouraging to the job? Well, sometimes it's not even, you know, the reason why it backfires sometimes. I mean, I think the the pure definition of a scapegoat is someone who's, you know, being taken out on regardless of whether they have something to do with it or not. They're just, you know, the whipping boy. And um, a lot of times, unfortunately, PR firms do receive, you know, um, a lot of the flack that comes from these different situations. Reason why is because, you know, people look for someone to blame and they don't want to blame them. They don't want to blame themselves. So, you know, you have to kind of, and, you know, um, a lot of times, one of the things that firms will do is, you know, well, not firms, but companies, they'll put their PR agencies or their marketing agencies on review. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, they'll, it's kind of like probation or whatever. Uh, right. I mean, I guess you can relate to that, Tony. Um, so, and then it's like, <laughs> you have to show them proof and they'll, <laughs> and they'll invite other companies in to kind of like, you know, um, kind of like i guess pitch a piece of business or whatever and they'll make a decision from there and then it's like you could potentially lose you know right that portion of the business so right. um it's very fraught with difficulties being the middleman because you know it's kind of like being a middle child sometimes <laughs> you know what i mean it's <laughs> like you get flat from you know one and you get flat from the other so right right yeah. right. right so i mean this is all theoretical but... this this is all theoretical from my perspective i know because I, you're, just, you're three weeks in I'm AC, but i'm like saying yeah. You know the aspect of that because um you know i have uh, i have seen you know plenty of like uh, you know different things go on in life and stuff like that not necessarily with pr agents but i've heard a lot Mm -hmm. about it on the news um is it discouraging that sort of you know that sort of thing is a huge possibility and when i say huge possibility because Mm -hmm. you know so many people have done it in the past well you know what let's be fair here like some pr people do stupid stuff too I mean, a lot. <laughs> like, I've seen... Okay. It's, it's amazing. Like, you know, I've kind of stepped back from it this summer or whatever, but, you know, I stay I stay reading on the industry and stuff. People do dumb stuff. They send pitches that don't make any sense to people that are not their core, net, uh, right. core audience. I mean, they don't, like, personalize their pitches. They'll just, like, grab, like, 750 names and put them all in the BCC section and just blast out an email. Like, these editors and writers do not want to see that shit. Like, they're right. getting, you know, nondescript email from people they don't know. It comes through as spam sometimes. And, you know, they have, I mean, they're pitches that don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, so PR people are not without their flaws. Okay. And, you know, me personally, I have, I've had to learn the hard way on certain things myself. But, um... Any examples? It, uh, No. But no examples. But I can say, you know, anything that you do, you know, in this kind of industry, you always have to accept the possibility that people won't understand. Right. Because this is our expertise. We know the media. It's kind of like if I pick, if I chose car mechanics to be in, you know, and 
you know, I chose to, you know, kind of work for Meineke or whatever. Like, there's a chance that, you know, one of the customers that comes in is going to be pissed because it's going to cost like $2,000 to do work on his car. And he will not understand that, you know, his like, what is a good car part? Rotator splint or whatever the hell is blowing up. <laughs> and he needs to, <laughs> and he needs to You know it. cars, let me tell you. My handcuff. <laughs> my handcuff is acting I, 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 I remember that from my movie My throat somewhere. piece. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. But I mean, you know, I'll have to explain that to them, but that doesn't change the fact they're going to be pissed and they might decide to take their business elsewhere. Right. That's fine. That's something I have to accept. But, you know, right. I guess it's like that all across many different disciplines. So. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But like, um, it's, it's just, yeah, it PR just seems definitely like more high profile. Though, yeah, no, you know, I, that's what obviously. I'm saying. It's much more volatile. I mean, like a lot more weighs on your shoulder as the middleman because you're someone to blame. You know, so like, um, and, and, you know, that's the whole thing that I was trying to get at. Are you like discouraged, nervous? Uh, do you have like aspirations, you know, that n- this will never happen to you? Are you expecting it? I mean, like, you know, things like that. I want to know about how you viewed a job at, in this three weeks. So, uh, I mean, are you nervous at all? Is this going to happen to you? Will it happen to you? Are you prepared for it to happen to you? These are all one question. Well, I don't know if it's uh, necessarily me per se. I mean, again, we represent, you know, these firms or whatever, but we're a team. So mm-hmm. if something happens, you know, I'd be more concerned with letting down the team than like hurting You're my You're the board. You're personal. collective. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, because if I, if I make a misstep or whatever, it's mm-hmm. going to, you know, be reflected on everyone. So right. that... that kind of pissing me off more than anything else from that but okay come on i mean with everything in life there's always you know some element of the unknown that you have to deal with totally and, yeah i mean as i move forward i definitely do have aspirations and i mean i have to say just off the bat this is like the most unbelievable like professional experience of my life i can't believe cool. that i'm actually working cool. in an industry that you know i've been following and i've been you know a customer of like my entire life pretty much that's you awesome know? so yeah that's cool. i mean i had vtech i had vtech computers back when i was like five or whatever like mm-hmm. the old like the little bullshit floppy disk kind of thing <laughs> that you put in the be these like right. you know little text games and stuff i had that you know what i mean like and you know that's awesome i have my aspirations i have things that i want to do you know places where i want to go with my career um and i'm sure that there'll be you know sometimes when you know i make a misstep or i do something i just want to do damage control. I just hope I never make a, you know, a, a vital fuck up or whatever. But you know, we understand how things go down, and you know, my bosses are very, very, very savvy. I'm about to read this book. Awesome, you probably read the book, um, Smart Bomb. Uh, I heard of it. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, um, my boss actually gets shouted out in the in the thank yous uh, in that book. Wow. Her name is Sabelle. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, her, name her name is, is whatever. <laughs> yeah, it got completely right. dropped off. That's her funny. name is. Oh, I said. I said her name is Sibel Sunar. Oh, there um, you go. She's... I thought you were just holding back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was about to say it, and then I heard some. Yeah, no, 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 go she, on, go on. Sibel is awesome. Like, you know what I'm saying? She understands this business. Um, and, you know, my boss, his name is Brian, Brian Rubin. He also understands the business. These are people who've been involved in the business for a while. So there's nothing that they're going to see that, they're, that they necessarily haven't seen before. They understand these things. But, you know, you make it your goal not to fuck up. <laughs> And, you right. Know, when, when you get blamed for stuff that you don't do, you just hope that people understand. And that's what I'm baking on. So we'll see what happens. 
Very now, good. Very good. I'm satisfied with that. Now you br- you brought up hype earlier when we were talking about like just talking to um to to developers versus versus the media type. Uh, something very interesting that Nintendo's been doing is they won't necessarily hype a lot of their stuff until it's about two months out, meaning that they end up showing a more polished product. They end up showing something that's available soon. It's, it's, it's kind of almost like they're cribbing off the Apple strategy of, I'm Steve Jobs, I'm on stage today, I'm talking about the latest useless Apple piece of shit that I'm inventing, and oh, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's available tomorrow. You know, So it's that, uh-huh. it's that type of thing where it's like, it's finished, it's polished, it's going to be available soon, so we're not just talking up a storm about it. Um, versus the old kind of traditional model where, oh, Gears of War, this is going to come out on Xbox 360. Uh, it's not going to launch with it. We don't know when it's coming out, but it's going to come out soon. And then 2005 mm-hmm. passes. It's not going to come out for launch. Um, the game exists. I, I swear to God it exists. It's going to come out, though. Mm-hmm. And then in 2006 it finally comes out, and it's great. But then you have something like Two Human where it's like, oh, this is the greatest game we've ever made. It's my magnum opus. Uh, we conceived <laughs> We conceived yeah. it. We conceived and it's it. It's 1984. Ten, we, we, yeah. We've conceived it ten years ago. Um, we started development on it four years ago. Uh, we've had some rough patches, but it's got the revolutionary combat system. It comes out and it's, eh, you know. So, what are your thoughts on like the different techniques of, of? And I, I hate to use the word hype because a lot of people take it as a derogatory term. So, mm-hmm. but for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, it, what are the different types of techniques that you can use to to, to more more positively hype? A game so that it benefits not only the publishers and the developers, but the consumer who wants to get at it. Like, do, is are the traditional methods getting outdated, or is it, is, there, is there still room left for that type of kind of like, hey, this is going to come in ten years from now, but it's going to be awesome. Buy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> That'll never work. Well, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I um, I'm again, I'll answer this question kind of generally. Um, as far as like that goes, I still think. Personally, I mean, maybe I'm just green and I, you know, don't really know how the industry really works. Well, you definitely are green. Uh-huh. That's for sure. Yeah. I, well, actually, I'm, I, I prefer, like, you know, no chocolate color. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's, it's like, uh, you know, I, I I really think that the best way to, you know, build hype is to have a great product. Like, I think, like, it's like. It sounds so, like, you know, rudimentary. And sometimes as a PR firm, you don't get to pick and choose what products you work with, mm-hmm. especially if you have an exclusive agreement with one de- one particular developer and you just, you know, represent a bunch of their games. In those cases, it can be more dif- difficult. And in those cases, you want to point out, in my opinion, you want to point out features or items in the game that are revolutionary, haven't been seen before, that are likely to catch interest. A lot of times, um, and this is more of a marketing thing. You know, you remember the whole Adult Swim? Um, what's the show called? Uh, Aqua Teen yes. Hunger Force. Oh, yes. love where, that where, show. But I mean, but you remember what they did with, um, you know, the whole thing that people thought it was like, you know, bombs all over Boston. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was stupid. That gotta was love, gotta gotta love those Bostoners. Just, uh, <laughs> like, that was Boston, really fucking stupid. Yeah. That, the bastion of good sense. Anyway. Um, yeah, and, you know, that kind of stunt type of thing. I mean, I personally don't really like Aquatine Hunger Force, but I know that has a huge cult following. What they were trying to do with that is push it mainstream. And it just so happens that they did through, you know, they didn't expect to do it the way they did it, but they did. But it, it worked. You know what I mean? and, and now two guys have felony records. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. 
and I think that you know the above all else, having a great game is the best is the best way to you know build hype. And then, I mean, you use all of the methods that are available to you to not just promote the game, but you know promote the company and the people who are working on it. You know, um, conferences and events is really great to have people um, on board and talking about you know the industry in general, not so much about the company, but about the industry. That way, you know, if they're seen, you know, more as an expert and people who are really concerned about the space because it's what they want to do. It's not just like a, you know, a job to get money. That also positively affects the perception of the company, which whether consciously or subconsciously affects the way customers think about games from certain developers. I mean, they'd be more, much more willing to give a shot to a game that they might not necessarily rock with, if they respect the company, mm-hmm. like oh, that's yeah. the way I feel. Absolutely, that's the way I feel about certain companies. I don't want to reveal which companies that I don't want to be seen as by, but you know what I mean, Austin. Like I'll give, I'll, oh, I'll be do much I. more willing. Yeah, I'll be much more willing to give a shot to a certain company if my my you know my opinion of them is high, and mm-hmm. you know, for certain companies, my opinion is not as high as it used to be through the business methods and other things. But we won't get into that. The point is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, we can't get into that. <laughs> right. We absolutely can't. And I, I mean, as far as Nintendo goes and, you know, the way they do things, Nintendo is the market leader right now. Uh-huh. They can do kind of whatever the hell they want. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, they don't want to mess up their momentum moving forward. I don't know what I was reading an article today about a potential Wii 2 being the first out on the market mm-hmm. um, as opposed Mistake. to, you know, Sony. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to being Sony and Microsoft, like you know, and the the writer was like, "Why? Like, you know, why are they such? Why would they be in a rush to jump to the next generation when they got this generation knocked out? You know what I mean? Like, let's get more money in this generation before we move to the exactly. next generation." So they they do things, you know, according to Nintendo's always had a different way of doing things from the other two companies and all the other gaming companies. But I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't really be mad at it. I mean, the what remains to be seen is how, you know, the results will, you know, work themselves out. They just have a product that's transcendent. It's not based on, you know, the typical, you know, way of doing things. They they get it done. And, you know, that's what happens when you have a great product, I right. think. So. Right, right. Um, should we wrap up with our mailbag with more questions that are not conflict of interest? Oh, Jesus. What more questions? Oh, more questions. Yes, and and well, I I actually well, I I just wanted to kind of, I don't know if you you know had a time but I want I wanted to talk about L A. Like, I mean, I didn't really get into it, but L A. was oh 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 epic. okay right 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 your trip yeah. down to L A. L A. was effing awesome, yo. Like seriously, like all right. Um, I mean, I I hate to gush. I really feel like gush. Right? Oh, you're still but, gushing. Controlled gushing yo, because dude, we don't want that shit to leak out onto little girls. What? Yeah, it's that gushy-gushy right now. Um, it's like, yo, it, I get – this This place is awesome. Like, well, be, on, before you go, give us some background on why you went to L.A. What, what's this all about so, so that people, yeah. so people know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, when I get the call from, um, you know, the boss over at 47, you know, I'm talking to her, and, you know, she – I, I like her style because she kind of started out kind of neutral, so I wasn't sure whether she's going to say, yes, I got the job. No, I didn't. And, you know, I was like, okay. And then she's like, you know, we want to bring you on board. I was like, yeah. I was like, I like it. Let's go. So I'm like. <laughs> and I pat I'm my dick happy. the same way. What the? <laughs> I'm, 
I'm not happy. And then, like, she's like, and, you know, mind you, we're about to set up a New York office. I'm uh-huh. the first hired employee in a New York office. She's like, but for next week, we want to bring you out to our main offices in L.A. I was mm. like, what? And so they flew me out. I, I spoke to her on Monday. I was flying out on Sunday to go to L.A. Never been to L.A. Been to San Francisco, but never been to L.A. I mean, right there off the bat, you have to respect a company that makes commitment to their employees that right off the hire. And I'm not like a CEO or a VP. And I, I'm just an AC. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm an account coordinator. I'm not really, like, so-called, you know, a big deal. But they fly me out to L.A. They set me up in this great hotel called Farmer's Daughter. I know it sounds mad ridiculous, but it's... <laughs> Famous it's sounds because, mad Alabama. That's what it sounds like. And, and you know, they kind of, they do kind of go, try to go with that decor, but don't be fooled. The, 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 the hotel is slamming and it's right across the street from CBS Studios. It's right across the street from the Grove and Farmers nice. Market and all nice. that. Um, I mean, the place is awesome. And then it's like, I go to work and I'm like, this is work? Like, seriously? Like... I'm not saying that everything that I was doing was necessarily like the most enjoyable task ever, but when I, I, I mean, I just understand what we're trying to do and I understand what the end result is. And it's like, I can't believe that I'm a cog in that process. So I do my chores with like, with, with happiness. Like, I'm like, I can't believe I'm working in video games. I will get you that coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yo, I told, yo, I told my boss and like one of the co-founders right away, I was like, we went down the first day to get coffee or whatever. The next day, I came. I was like, "Yo, you need your English breakfast. Let me get your English breakfast real quick." You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I mean, it's, you're already it's getting not... slaved. Yeah, right. No, no, no. I, I don't, I don't mind. You know, pitching it in hand. Doesn't matter whether it's a, you know, an AD or you know, the intern there or whatever. If I'm going downstairs and you want some drink, I'll get some drink. But I mean, it, it, I, and the people are awesome. Like, you know, they're all geeks to one extent or another. So I fit. Real, like right in like one of my dudes there at the job except like, your he's, ghetto <laughs> he's i mean whatever one of the dudes there that he's the super geek super 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 geek but he's like me and him are very similar like we can't believe we're working here i just vocalize it way more like he like we're sitting at dinner at like some japanese barbecue place like you know, we're throwing stuff on the, you know, the grill and drinking official sake and all that. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And they're like, you're just like him, except you actually say it. Like, he internalized it all. He's like, well, I was going to sneak into E3 anyway, but now that I'm going for work, that's great. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel really fortunate to, you know, have done it. LA was awesome. Um, you know, I can't ask for much more than what I'm getting, man. And, like, the future just looks bright, so... I feel like I got, you know, on a personal level, you know, Austin, it's been kind of tough for me the last couple of months or whatever. But, you know, I really feel like my career is on track now and I'm doing something I really want to do every day. So, I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. You know? People want to ask what the validity of video games is and, and, and this is what it does. Makes people happy. So, Hey, mm-hmm. can we have yeah. a hand clap for that? Hand clap. <laughs> Hey, I, I got something to Congratulations. say Congratulations. Yeah, th- thanks a lot. Um, What's up, Al? Your trip to L.A. reminds me of my trip to L.A. when oh, I was here we go. for a claim. Dick swinging contest. No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> 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 um, when I went with um, one of the, I forget what his role was, and I'm not going to say what his name is. 
but um, mm-hmm. I went to um, LA with a couple of guys from the company, and we were showing off a couple of our new games, which were at the time uh, Worms 3D, Red Star, mm-hmm. and Hundred Bullets. And it was since I was the project lead of Hundred Bullets, um, it was my job primarily to discuss the qualities of Hundred Bullets to the media, and um, we also did Red Star. Because I played Red Star pretty well, um, I took an active part in talking about and showing off Red Star to people. And I can't remember all the people that we saw, but I do know that we saw somebody from 1UP, somebody from GameSpot, somebody from IGN, uh, somebody from EGM, I think, mm-hmm. from the print mag. We saw somebody from Game Informer and somebody from Game Pro. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was. It was a girl from 1UP. I think she was. She might have been Asian. Austin, you might know. Jane Pink, either Jane Pinkard or no, it'll probably be Jane Pinkard. Yeah. No, it wasn't Jane Pinkard. No, not the game girl, advanced trans vibrator girl. No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) What? Um, Jesus Christ! (laughs) She was either from EGM or from One Up. Okay. But she went. Uh, We had dinner at um, a Japanese place. And it was cool. Like, we just had sushi and sake. And it was like, I could live yeah, this. Yeah. I could do this every day. And yeah, I feel exactly yeah, how yeah, you exactly. felt. And... Exactly. Like, I could so get used to mm-hmm. it, for real. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we actually, um, this is back in New York. Uh, my boss was here for the weekend. We went out to lunch with uh, Scott Jones, and um, who writes for Crispy Gamer. And Evan Loisis, who also writes for Crispy Gamer, um, and he'll actually be um, moderating a conference this coming week or whatever. Uh, kind of shameless plug, even though I don't have all the details. And um, Libby Gold, who runs, you know, Game Daily for AOL. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sitting here like, this is fucking awesome. Like, seriously? Like, I'm invited to sit at this table with these people having this kind of discussion over lunch and, like, homemade Chinese ginger ale. Like, seriously? So, I... That's the way I feel, and it, I guess maybe I'm still in the honeymoon period. Like I, a couple of people keep on telling me, "Dude, it's not that awesome." Like, it is fucking awesome, and I'm gonna act like it's awesome until it's not awesome anymore. And I don't know when that's gonna be. Tim, Tomorrow. when you become jaded, yeah, <laughs> when you become jaded, that's when it becomes yeah. all, uh, less yeah, awesome. Yeah, but who knows when that'll be? I, I don't know if it'll be soon, but regardless, I'm just enjoying the ride, man. Hey, it's you awesome, told me that so. I'm not jaded. I like that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. They they hate me at the job for using the word awesome way too much. And I'm like, I'm, use the word awesome. I'm like, that's I'm because like, you're around use... geeks. They're like, uh, yeah, you know, there's such things as euphemisms, and why don't you get one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just telling them I haven't used the word awesome this much because I haven't been around anything that's awesome. So, <laughs> all right, it's fucking awesome. So, yeah, it's just um, the truth. <laughs> yeah, really, is it? It is. So, yeah. That's about it. That's about it. Uh, any other comments uh, from Tony, Al, anybody? Or should we move on to the mailbag? Mailbag. Mailbag. We still got some messages from uh, Digimatrix, and this is still about um, what's like. Oh, this should have gone in the conflict question. This question is: 
Why was EA sucking before Skate, Battlefield, Bad Company, Army of Two, and Dead Space came along? Is it down to this new dude, John Riccatello, who you and I have been talking about a little bit? I would say yes. I say it's it's the way he's been managing the company. Um, Okay, can I just say something? I'm sorry to interrupt. Did Gideon really send this message? Yeah, he really sent that message. (laughs) (laughs) That's rude. Actually, actually, no, I, 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 um... I edited the first two lines because he, he, he said... I'll get to that in a second, but... Right, okay, um, I'm sorry about that. Oh, uh, he's his, talking about the grammar. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, his, uh... No, 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 he's not. He's not, he's not. Um, his other question is, is there anything... And I think you probably answered this, but is there anything advantageous about PR to video game enthusiasts as opposed to just the game companies? Um, actually, that's part of a two-part. So, yeah, that first part. Well, um... I, obviously, I'm not. <laughs> I can't really address the EA question. For no, that, that was. Just, but, I, I just threw that in yeah, there yeah. because. That... Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the question um, advantageous. Um, well, what I what I do think is that you know, um, the best writers get the hottest exclusives, and you know, when we say best, we don't necessarily. Well, I don't necessarily mean the ones that you know give the best scores or the best reviews to, but what. Writers who are universally respected, who, you know, people know that they don't bullshit when they come out with a review for a product. And, you know, they're not, like, on the payroll or whatever. Like, they really, you know, review products. And they're very honest. And they'll they'll come straight forward. Those type of people, they're going to get exclusives. And they'll get, you know, uh, debug versions of games and stuff like that in advance so that they can kind of take a look at it. You know, kind of hold that, that whole first look kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, I mean, from an enthusiast perspective, I think, you know, that would be pretty awesome. Like, especially if I was writing for, you know, a, you know, a, a company or whatever, and I got a super exclusive before any of the other publications, that's pretty awesome. Plus, I get to play a hot game, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe it's not so hot, but at least I know, you know? So, uh-huh. I mean, I think that's pretty awesome. Um, well, I think, I think he means in terms of not, like, you being an, an enthusiast being in PR, but... Your role as, or, or your firm's role as a PR company, how is that advantageous for Joe sitting in his sitting at his computer, looking for all like you know, l- looking for the next hot game to come out, and he's he's an avid fan. He doesn't take the bullshit, and you know he that's uh, that's what I think he meant, and not so much like you as an enthusiast who's also in PR. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's no, I mean, uh, when I when I was um, referring to was the enthusiast portion of you know. Uh, media, like you know, we we refer to enthusiasts. Like, oh right, right. The media. Okay, so like, let's clarify. Such as, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, such as like the joysticks of the right. world. You know, those type. Of, they're enthusiasts, right? Like, right. You know, the game. So, and you know, from that perspective, I think that there's something very advantageous about oh. PR because they, you know, we provide the information to them about games, which helps you know people to make more informed decisions on which games they'll buy, which games they won't buy. I mean, so to the extent to which you trust a certain outlet. You know what I mean? It, it, it depends. Like, if you think that people at Joystick are full of shit and you prefer a one-up, then that's fine. But to the extent that you trust outlets or you might not trust any of them, you might feel like it's all hype and you'd rather just, you know, rent a game from Blockbuster and find out for yourself. Mm-hmm. But at least the information is there. And, you know, um, one of the things that we're trying to do, well, I, again, shameless plug kind of thing, but it's to raise the level of you know, game critique it so that people don't have to always just pick from 
you know, sound 5.0, so on and so on. Those things are cool, but we also want to bring the level up, like, you know, more like the same way movie critics review movies and they kind of get into the context of certain things. So, like, we, we want people to see the overall, you know, the overall package of the game and not just, like, the little things that people rate things on. And there's, there's, there's a place for that as well. But I think that's some, that's some that perspective is important to people who love games because it's important to have as much information and perspective as possible so that you know what's hot and what's not. So, I don't know. Um, that's just the way I see it. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I know there's a lot to consider here. I mean, you know, companies are not always going to release the most forthcoming information about their products and so forth. We know this, but, you know, it helps people, I guess, to some extent to sift through the BS and kind of try to find, you know, as much, like, real information as possible, I would assume. Right. Second part of the question is, does PR try to not leak an upcoming details – sorry. Does PR try to not leak an upcoming game's details too much so hype isn't firing up forever to the detriment of so many overhyped games of recent times? And I think that ties directly back into what, what we were conversing too about human. in terms of hype. Right. Um, hmm. I think it depends, once again. Um, if there's a demand in place for the game – you know, before people like there are certain games. I, I don't think I have to mention the most recent one. Um, that the level of hype is just at a certain point where it's like you know, people are already expecting so much. And I mean, you could take one or two perspectives on it. You could take you know, let's not give them nothing and make them like you know, like clamor for it even more, or let's throw them a bone and make them know that you know, when it does come out, it's going to be hot. And that ramps up excitement even more. I don't know. I haven't, I don't yet have the mind for strategy on these types of things. That's why I don't get paid the big bucks <laughs> yet. But um, I think that the people who do, you know, make strategies, they have to consider those things. But a lot of times, I guess it's a crapshoot. You know, I guess it's like, you know, depending on how you feel, it could go wrong or it could go bad. I mean, great. So it, I guess it depends. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily like hype per se, but, you know, I realize that sometimes you need to kind of supply the hype with something to show for it. Some, you know, you can't just have something to hype and there's been no screenshots. I mean, would you, like, buy a game that people have been talking about for a year and you see not one screenshot, not nothing, until the game actually comes out? I mean, seriously, you'd be like, okay, I've been hearing all this hype for a year. It's buyer's remorse on... Uh, I don't want to make a political commentary here, but <laughs> the point is, yeah, it's yeah, I guess it depends on the game, and it depends on the people who are making the decisions, but it's still a crapshoot. Right. Uh, Albedo Shadow asks, when the hell are we getting <laughs> Mega Man Legends 3? Tomorrow. Be oh, there. You guys are great, man. You guys are great. <laughs> uh, wow. You guys are great. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> and, and, uh, as opposed to Tron, Tron, Pesalon, or whatever the hell that, that was called, Tron Bon. <laughs> Misadventures right. uh, <laughs> of Tron. Oh, Tron. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear was a really good game, but who knows? Hey, yeah. she's kick ass in uh, Mortal Kombat. In... Wait, wait, no, Marvel vs. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> nice, Marvel vs. Capcom too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, can kick people's ass in it. Huh? Huh? Actually, what I want you people to um, to do when you get the chance, um, check out on YouTube. Um, I mean, I know Austin. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, out. Were you um when we were at Austin's crib the other day? Were you uh like doing the whole uh Marvel vs. Capcom thing with everyone else, or that 
Nah, you were kind of more in the rock band thing, right? Yeah. You don't play the. Yeah, you don't really play. All right. Well, also. I mean, I I wouldn't play it at the party. Right, right, right. Tony was there, but Tony wasn't really playing as much. But they are coming out with, and this is a Japanese. Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the YouTube video looked awesome. Really yeah, they had they had a I mean, they had a clip of it on OneUp.com. I saw it, um, and they're changing the system to four buttons, and uh, yeah. they're actually putting it out on Wii, which is interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I don't think that Tatsunoko. I'm not sure about that game, but all I know is that that video looked absolutely awesome. So, okay. Let's. I don't know shit about Tatsunoko, but you know, <laughs> I don't care. It was awesome. So. <laughs> Whatever, it's it's Capcom. I mean, like, come on. And don't take that. Please, listener out there in the great podcast universe, don't take that as a plug. Like, you have to know. We represent Capcom, but I'm Oh, here we go. Huge, it's not huge because Capcom I fan. represent them. <laughs> yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been a Capcom fan from day one. Yeah, I mean, me too. In my opinion, how could you not be a Capcom fan? You know what I mean? And I know they don't necessarily do anything right from some people's estimation, but I'm not saying the stuff that I'm saying. Capcom fighting like Coliseum. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> Fight Evolution. Right. I think maybe we should just edit that whole section out. <laughs> <laughs> I, gush, I gush way too much, and then, yeah. Whatever. But, whatever. All right, okay. done deal. <laughs> I just want you to I just want you to read Gideon's question. That's okay. like, I'm just waiting for that, so go ahead. Okay, so here's Gideon's question, and I, I have to say that I had to spice it up because his original question made him sound more hurt than amused. Because because uh, we we made fun of him for <laughs> we made fun of him for comparing Little Big Planet to Donkey Kong Country because he bothered to include his hyperbo- hyperbolic rant in there. So uh, he, he, I think we hurt his feelings. We're sorry, Gideon. Uh, uh, we'll never hurt you again, even though you're taller than us and could beat our asses. So, and um, has a hot girlfriend. This is the man who brought you. If you get into a fight with a rabbit, and he puts you in a headlock, pull his ears. That's it's that's the only way that's out. my Facebook quote. <laughs> How could you not have an awesome girlfriend? You know what I'm saying, come on. Um, so. I've edited the first two lines of his question to be more entertaining. It says, I was having sex with baby eels at the time I wrote my last email, so my message may not have come out clear to you morons on the other end of the mic. That, that'd be us. I'll attempt to lay my thoughts out more, more directly. This is not what he said, but I found it more entertaining. Uh-huh. Oh, because uh, he may want to attempt to lay some more baby eels before he... <laughs> I, uh, so he's clearing, his, he's clearing up his thoughts about Little Big Planet. Um... I find the footage of LBP underwhelming given the amount of glowing press it receives. This directly ties into the hype meter. Sure, the graphics are great and the customization options are vast, but the actual gameplay is not that gripping to me from a platforming standpoint. I do admit that I prefer the Twitch style of a Mario or a Sly Cooper to the more methodical, laborious style of Wireland. It's fucking awesome. To to a laborious style of Wireland or Space Station Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Did that even come out? That's actually a game. Yeah, I think he, he must be joking. But a lot of footage I've seen thus far either involves races that appear to be broken, not from what I saw. At least one guy always gets left behind at some point during the race. That's, or physics-based manipulation of the environment. The, sep- the second aspect seems cool at first, but still looks slow and almost mini-gamish in its design. I just don't see it holding my interest for very long. That's a new word. Mini-gamish? Mini-gamish. Mini-gamish. <laughs> Um, you are monogamish like, in stature. 
Well, like I said, different structure for different folks. Some people like slower. I like deliberate styles as well as fast-paced styles. I like Wario Land. So there you go. But at the same time, again, I do agree that the press has been too hokey-pokey on too too about it. You know, I, I, I look at it and I see it's something that I want. But not something that's going to get like game of the year for me. So I mean, I agree with that aspect. Whatever. I mean, like it doesn't have to be game of the year. It just has to be a great game. That's no, it. No, but I'm saying I, the, the point more is that like it, I think he's more disturbed by the amount of press that he feels it's undeservedly getting. So okay. That's his. We'll I think that's that. his biggest beef. Okay. Um, and I, I, I mean, I kind of agree. At the same time, I'm just like whatever. I, I follow what I follow. I ignore what I ignore. Right. 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 So. Uh, and Al's really interested in this game, though I could tell, because 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 he's am... been he's been pimping this game for the for every week we've mentioned it, right, Al? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're <laughs> no. being facetious? You're being facetious? I could really care less about this. Yes, he is being facetious. <laughs> okay, so um, here's the thing: I really I don't own a uh, PS3, and I just think that the game looks unique enough for me to play it, and for me to want to own it so I I could make my own worlds. Um, I don't think it's going to be like innovative in the fact that it's I'm going to be like, oh my god, this is the most awesome game. But I think it's a game to play. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like I'm looking for something to blow me away. But I, if I was looking for something to play, I'd buy this. Right. Right. Won't you? Oh, I yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm not I'm not buying into all the the the, the crazy hype. That, that it's yeah, surrounding no, no. it, but it's I just but like, like I, I still want to play it. I still want to own it. You know, it looks yeah, it's it looks not going to shatter the world. I mean, but at least it'll be something to play, and I think this is going to be something to play for at least you know maybe a while. I mean, like I don't know if it's a month or two months, but it's going to be played. There's a certain level of intrigue about it that 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 I like. It's not that like I think it's going to change. Well. Maybe it will change the world. Not maybe for, not for something that I care about, but it, it, it's intriguing to me, and I'm interested right. in it. I'm interesting. I'm sorry. I'm interested in it. You know, mm-hmm. forget forget about the press around it, uh, right. which again I think is is kind of overblown. Right. Um, and if you want a question, yes, that that's the purpose of the mailbag, is <laughs> is, is bagging mails and questions. That is the ultimate goal of a mailbagger. <laughs> It is the pinnacle of mailbaggery and, and oh, well. the, a mission accomplished, sir, for asking the question. I'm currently playing through the Sega Genesis collection, but I refuse to play each Fantasy Star for time reasons. Which one should one, I play? Does he have one, two, three, four? And you want to play one? No, no. Uh, Does he have one, two, three, four? That's all I want to know. Uh, what's in the Sega know. Genesis That's collection? Seen. I have no idea. It's for, is it the PlayStation one? Uh, let's see, Sega Genesis Collection. Is it on Wii? I mean, like, did they put put no. it on Wii or no? Oh, okay. I think it's a PS2 game. Oh, okay. List of games, Alex Kidd, Altered Beast, Bonanza Bros, Brothers, Columns, Comic Zone, Decapit- oh, Decapitech, uh, Echo the Dolphin, Echo the Tide of Time, Echo Jr., Flicky Game Ground, a Golden Axe, Golden Axe 2, Golden Axe 3, Kid Chameleon, and because it's a Genesis Collection and not a Master System Collection, Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4. Okay, three and four. So I play four. Three and four. Why? Because he asked for one. He asked for one, though. It has for one? No, no, no. Which one? No, no. Which one? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Which one should he play first? Yes. I would say three and four. No, no, no. Which one he should play? I'd say four. Three and four. He's asking for a single four. one. Oh, one single one? Yes. Four. Yeah, four. Four. Without okay. question. 
Why even bother with the others? But three, if you're gonna start with one. like the <laughs> see, if you're gonna start with the sequence, three and four, two, you don't have a booklet for it. Lots of luck. Get <laughs> FAQs. Get fucking. I I needed an FAQ. I'm fucking ashamed. I am fucking ashamed, be. man. I am fucking you ashamed. Be. You shouldn't be. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think there's anything ashamed for FAQs. I'm a big FAQ proponent. Well, no, so. no, just for fancy star two. Yeah, just nah, for that, yeah, listen. This we're, is we're the first game. And some Square Enix games. Okay, uh, let me okay, let me explain right. something to you guys. I've bought games, lots of games. I've played lots of games. Really? I've never read. Never shut up. Never read really? any instruction booklet for them. Never read an instruction booklet for them. I have this game that I bought used, bought used many years ago. Never passed it, and now I'm playing it again, and I have to get an FAQ. I'm so pissed. Okay. Is that a that. good game? I mean, like, is that a good game? Is it a design flaw? I mean, like, it's what? old. I'd say it's old. I mean, and like, to, and I would say that yeah, it's a design flaw, but it's it's something that happens when you get you you have a game that that's old. That's that old. I mean, take a look at at Simon's Quest. Like, you could barely figure out where to go because of how the villagers spoke. Actually, that's have... pretty linear. I, I I actually understand that game a lot more than this. Right, but did you understand it because somebody told you what you needed oh, to no, do? No, no, or no, because no. Because you, you had to you had to stumble across it. That's what I'm no, saying. No, 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 no. Like like I experimented with it, but it was easy experimentation. Like if you get this new thing, like if you get right. Dracula's ribs, the, you know it's a shield. Right, now you but, need to go to this. Uh, sorry. No, I was saying the point of that is not the game itself, but the 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 aspect of how games developed over time they started out like that doesn't mean that they that doesn't mean that they should still do the same thing today i'm just saying right. that back then like mm -hmm. they were still you know you're still feeling your way around how to design a game and, and it was right, something that they right, fucked right. up and it's, well, it's just... and it's not i'm not excusing it i'm just saying right. that it's i think it's due to the age and for fantasy star 2 i do agree that it's probably flawed but at the same time to put it in perspective yeah i mean but back then old. it was you know it's at, old. At back then yeah, back it's then crusty. it was innovated. But let me just put it this way. I could play Simon's Quest now and still pass that game. Yeah, I right. don't know. I, I mean, mean yeah. no matter what. Okay, I could still pass that game. This game I've never passed. And there's a reason for it. I have no fucking idea what to do next. And when I do do the next thing, it's never over. Do <laughs> <laughs> huh? Oh, do-do. Nah, don't anyway. worry about my Beavis and Butthead music. Go ahead. Anyway, so, like... Here it is. It's a. It, I'll I'll give it props. Back then, it was very innovative. It was big. It was very involved. It had a lot Cinematic. of weapons. It had a. Yeah, well, it had the whole. You know, the battle system where you know you see the character attack everybody and stuff like that, and you could use different weapons for different effects and stuff like that. Great, fantastic. Fantastic. But you can't pass it, and that sucks. <laughs> I cannot pass it because I bought it used. I have nothing. I don't that, have the you know fucking that, manual it came with. You know what that reminds me of is it, when, when Al talks about NFL. Oh. <laughs> oh LJN. <laughs> uh, Let's go to the next thing. The last one is, is from last week. Al and I tried to attempt to, to answer this, but, um, but I think – we wanted your opinion on this, and maybe Ron, you could help us too. Like, uh, neither of us—correct me if I'm wrong—neither of us had experience with unions, right, Al? Right. Unions. Unions. And uh, like work unions. Yeah. And so this mm -hmm. question from Super Sunday ninety seven is: This is for both 
for both Tony and, and, and Ron, if you guys could, could pitch in. I feel that eventually getting a union in place is, ne- is a necessity and might be essential to the well-being of many talented industry artists and engineers. However, video games have been growing at an abnormally fast rate and so perhaps have done incorrectly. Unionizing could end up harming the working guys and girls or fatally stunting the aforementioned growth. What do you feel is the proper way to go about unionizing the game industry? And this was a question that was asked last week, uh, and I wanted your thoughts on it. Wow. Protection. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Protection of the workers is for uh, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. It provides the backbone of the working industry. If someone feels protected, they will produce more. If someone feels they have someone they could go to whenever there's a problem, it provides structure. It provides somebody a safe environment in which they could work. It provides someone the satisfaction that. Anything they could do in this world, they could rely on a union to back them up. Conversely, there are fucking lazy people out there that fucking take advantage of the unions. And, uh, you know, um, you know, (laughs) um, yeah, I I think I said too much. Uh, I'm on the union. Thank you. (laughs) So, so, So to answer the question, which was, what do you feel is a proper way to go about unionizing the game industry? Oh um uh yeah if you're if you're for that do it uh if you're not don't uh, no that's not what he was asking why? he was asking what, what is, is the proper way, way let, let Ron it. talk because apparently he let, actually has an answer <laughs> yeah, let me just well let me just jump in because I don't I don't necessarily um I, I don't know what the best way to go about necessarily unionizing an industry but what I did want to point out is one trend that is. I don't know. You could say it's kind of bothersome, but it kind of deals with the same concept, the consolidation of, you know, resources and or power. Yep. Um, the, you know, recently a lot of game studios have been closing and not just game studios, but the developers that the, these game companies are using, like Microsoft is closing Ensemble. this week. Ensemble after the Halo Wars things is over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, I mean, I don't know. Nintendo has been kind of. I mean, I don't. I don't know what Nintendo is doing at pretty much any time, but they've been kind of slow on the, you know, the personal game development. I mean, the Wii's been out for a while. We still haven't seen a, you know, a um, a, a game. You know, what's a game with Pit from Kid Icarus? From, Kid Icarus. We, yeah, we haven't seen a Kid Icarus game. We haven't. Well, like, we've seen. You know, we haven't seen uh, that since the NES. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, well, the we've seen him in Smash I Brothers. Mean, if there was any, if there was ever a time to do, you know, stuff like that, I mean, the, so I don't know. I mean, um, I think that, you know, uh, uh, Sony is also having, well, Sony's, you know, in development studio, the SCEA thing has never really been like, you know, taken seriously by a lot of people. But I mean, that's a problem to me that, you know, these game studios are consolidating and kind of like, because then it's kind of like, you know, all of the power and, you know, all of the, you know, creative talent is being pulled into one place. It kind of puts a limit on things. And, I mean, I, I personally don't like that. I mean, as far as unions go, I understand what the concept is to protect the rights of the worker and to have some kind of, you know, something in place so that they're not just trampled on and they're not, you know, completely, you know, thrown on a bat burner to the company's concerns. But, uh... <laughs> well, can I answer this question? Yeah, go ahead. I need to okay, so, um, digest something real the quick. The question was how to start 
a union in video games. What is the proper way to? Yeah, what is the proper, proper way? What do you well, feel the proper way to go about unionizing? Basically, the first way it's got to start is with a lawyer, someone good, someone that knows the law, and he needs to get every single person that's worked over seventy hours on a game. Every mm-hmm. single person. How about that dude who? Um, ta- hold on, hold on, hold on. Every single person, okay, who has made more than uh, you know more than their share of fucking you know inputs on a game more than their they supervise the whole team and this person is now laid off they need to do something where okay. they gather all these people that are not necessarily disgruntled but they need all these people that are not necessarily disgruntled but are just fed up with just being passed on with just being you know forgotten People who have put their heart and soul into the game, there's, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, they have committed to the game, and now they are laid off. That's what the union is for. And they mm-hmm. need a lawyer who needs Jack to... Jack Thomas. They need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> He's not... I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. They need a lawyer, okay, who can set up every single piece of thing that they could do as far as um, protesting and stuff because people are granted the uh you know the freedom of assembly okay mm-hmm. but they have to do it in a orderly conduct okay they cannot mm-hmm. do it disorderly there cannot be a brawl and there has to be a mediator okay and that's what you know that's how you start a union you have to bring your uh you know your things to the table you have to have them signed contract uh contracted and you know and there you have a union I mean, like, it sounds simplistic in that form, and it really is, because there's more to it. When it when it comes to unions, you have to, like, really start where people are suffering. And are okay. people suffering in the video game industry? They sure are. They really right. are. There's people that put in 90 hours, you know, to do a game. And they do that every week. And then after the game is finished, what are they doing? Right. And, and and it's it's interesting because I don't know if you remember the case of so-called EA spouse. It's something that I brought up last time when last week when Al and I were trying to answer it. But you know that whole thing blew over. Um, and then there's there's by contrast there's this guy who the guy who made Supreme Commander you know has a very strict mandate on all right you are working forty hours a week. If you have to put in overtime, then you can put in some overtime. But by God, you are going to you know. Take days off. You're going to have your weekends. I don't want you in the office till midnight. And so you know, it's like it's it's a very type of type of uh, forward thinking, like not necessarily forward thinking, but like for for his employers, he's trying to look out for the benefit. And maybe that's not being done enough by other studios. Mm-hmm. So, um, hopefully that answers your question, Supersonic. Um, hopefully. But we are running hopefully. up on three and a half hours on this recording. <laughs> not that it took that long, but the recording itself is three and a half hours, so. And the edit will be one hour short. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That, that'd be some kind of magic there. But um, I want to thank uh, the Burgess for, for stopping into the virtual studio and listening to us uh, uh, rant about Mega Man Legends 3, as it were. Yeah, it's, it's, my, <laughs> it's my pleasure, man. My pleasure. Thanks Are you related to Meredith Burgess? I love no, Tommy actually, Rocky. <clears throat> actually, his, that's Burgess is his first name. Burgess Meredith. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> really? Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. you know, when I typed in his criminal file, no, sorry. <laughs> You're a bum! <laughs> You're a bum! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but thanks a lot for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, uh, thanks to you, and, and as, as always, for Tony. 
<laughs> For Al. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I have been the host of Asia, your boy Austin, Mr. Chupan, blah, blah, blah. I'm Boom! <laughs> 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 there you go. <laughs>